Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. With so much focus on the level of personnel on the Miami Hurricanes roster this week, we asked Al Golden today to address recruiting. Here's what he had to say. Have you noticed an uptick in interest? I guess 14 yeah. is a lot of kids, but 15 and yeah. so on just because of the Yeah, I mean, obviously most of the pool is gone in 14. Um, so it's not really that, you know, there's a, you know, we've increased guys, you know, uh, interest there because a lot of it's, you know, we've already been working on those guys. Their response obviously has been different. We've gotten three uh, since the announcement, which is, you know, unique given this time of the year. Kids are getting ready for playoffs and things like that. So it's attributed to that. There's no question about that. Um, because most of the kids either made a decision, you know, two months ago or are going to wait till the holidays or signing day. So that's positive for us. Uh, I think most of the interest from the younger guys is that, you know, it's behind us now and, they're not getting hammered. Remember, the kids that are juniors right now, all they've ever known about the University of Miami is that we've been in trouble. We've, since they've been recruitable prospects, so we've been really under probation. So it's good to uh, it's good to have that behind us now. We got to move forward. That's a follow up to that. Yeah. Um, the defense struggles. Okay. Yeah. Does that actually? Is there a bonus in recruiting in some respect that people can come in and play right away? Yeah, almost. I mean, <laughs> you know, like these, you Again. can tell kids on, look, we need help. Come help well, us. I mean, yeah. We're going to continue to need help everywhere. It's just that people want to talk about the defense because all of us haven't executed well enough the last couple of weeks. So I answer that question. Now I'm saying that the kids that we have aren't good enough. So it's, it's, that's not the case. The case is, as I've been saying, we're going to continue to build until, until we have you know, the depth to go through the whole season and there's no drop-off and all of those things. So it really has nothing to do. That's a separate question from all of us here that at work today put this time in the day that prepared, that watched film, all of us have to fix uh, what's going on now. That has nothing to do with kids coming in next year. I just want to make that distinction. It is what it is. We're going to keep, uh, keep our head down, keep, keep uh, pounding away, and, and uh, keep recruiting and getting better. You know, we have a lot of guys in this class that you know, we're excited about. But again, that's different than the kids that we're recruiting, excuse me, the kids that we're working with and developing right now. Is it fair to say that defensive line is like just a huge priority in this upcoming recruiting class? I know that. I mean, we just got three defensive linemen, you know, in basically in the summer. You know, so you guys know we're uh, we're still nowhere near where we want to be on the defensive line in terms of uh, depth and rotation and and all of that. It, you know, that, that is what it is. Right? So, uh, you know, we have no excuses mo- moving forward. We the handcuffs are off now, and, and uh, we expect to, to to be able to do that. Is, is tackle more a priority than end at this point, just based on your current depth chart, or are they both equally important? They're, they're, both, numbers and they're both equally important. You know, they're both equally important. There's no question about it. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to a special recruiting edition of Kane Sport Live, a Wednesday night edition. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we're once again getting ready to embark on the fastest two hours in Hurricane Sports. Many of you have been waiting. Well, now it's there. If you go to the front page of canesport.com, you will find a link to 
the recruiting big board, which will outline for you as we go through the show tonight exactly where the Miami Hurricanes stand in recruiting in 2014. We've put an enormous amount of time uh, into developing that board. We, we, we think it's relatively accurate, and um, we will get in-depth on it tonight. As always, this is your show, and it will be driven by your participation. We have 50 open phone lines, so there's plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. We're going to be joined tonight by some special guests who will give us some insight on some of the Miami recruits. Um, Adam Gorney, Rivals.com's West Coast analyst, is going to call us in a few minutes, and he's going to talk a little bit about Brad Kaya, um, particularly with rumors emerging on the main board today that Kaya might be wavering a little bit on his Miami commitment. We don't personally think that that's accurate. Um, Gorney's out there on the West Coast. He sees Brad Kaya. Um, He's going to be able to take us inside Brad Kaya, his ability level, and his recruitment. Um, At 8.30 tonight, we're going to be joined by Mike Farrell, the Rivals national recruiting analyst, who's going to give us a little bit of a national perspective on Miami recruiting. And he'll also be able to talk to us about what's going on with the, the new edition of the Rivals rankings, when we can expect to see them, and which Miami recruits are most likely candidates for movement in those Rivals rankings. And then at 9 o'clock, we're going to be joined by Adam Friedman, who's a a Northeast analyst for Rivals, and we're going to specifically talk to Adam about one of the big defensive tackles uh, that Miami's counting on in this recruiting class, Mr. Cortell Jenkins from New Jersey. And in addition to that, from about 8.40 Pretty close toward, to the end of our show tonight, um, I'm going to be joined by Keenan Codrington, who's our Rivals.com Southeast analyst, works the state of Florida, and he's going to be with us for at least an hour, and we'll take your phone calls um, with Keenan if you have any questions for him um, later in the show. Um, we're going to break down the big board, but before we do, um, I'm going to try to squeeze in a phone call or two here, and let's start out by going out to the 513, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary, how you doing? This is Tim calling from Cincinnati, Ohio. Long-time Canes fan since I was five years old. And I just want to let you know that you do great work on the site. Been a loyal customer for the last three years. So just want to let you know that you do great work on that in there. Uh, we appreciate um, that. Oh, no problem, man. Got a couple of actually concerns, and then I'll just go ahead and just listen to what you have to say. Um on the recruiting aspect, I listened to your podcast last or yesterday, and I had a lot of uh, fellow Kings fans talking about the defensive coordinator and the defensive scheme or whatnot. And my whole thing was was that I knew that the defense wasn't going to make that big of a jump from last year just based off the personnel that we had, and we're asking freshmen to come in and make an impact when they're not physically ready. So – my my concern was with that, out of all the commitments that you see um, that we have now for 2014, um, like Valentine and Moten or whatnot, just my question to you, and, and a normal program, or like, say, for, like, for example, like Alabama, would you see those players redshirting, you know what I mean, like their first year? Or Absolutely. would you kind of see, see – you see what I'm saying? Because my, my whole thing is what I try to argue with Kane's fans up here is that we don't have the depth and we don't have talent. So what you see is pretty much what you get. Like, we know Earl Moore and Corey King are not Kane's. Ten years ago, those guys don't sniff Miami. You know what I mean? Like, we're not even looking in their direction. 
And I think a lot of people put so much of the emphasis on the 2012 class to make this huge impact when I just felt like he was just trying to build death. And so my thing is, do you see Valentine even sticking, considering that I've been hearing all these LSU rumors? And the second question is, is that on the defense side of the ball, J.C. Jackson, what is your viewpoint on him, and do you see him actually flipping Florida? Thanks, Gary, and I'll just go ahead and let you speak. All right, well, I'll start with J.C. Jackson, and, and yeah, I think there's a great chance uh, he's going to flip, and we'll talk about him a little bit later in the show uh, when we get to the defensive back position. But um, yes, absolutely, I think there's a phenomenal chance that he flips into the hurricane fold, um, maybe even sooner than later. Uh, I'm not really sure on a potential timeline on that to this point, um, but that is something that we are anticipating without question. Um, your question about red shirts, you're right on the button. And, and to me, that's one of the biggest problems with the Hurricane program right now is that they're just going around in circles because they can never redshirt anybody. And, right. you know, and, before... And I think it's just my thing is, is that, oh, uh, yeah, we know D'Onofrio has his holes. And we all, I mean... The people who know football, we know that. But what kills me is about some of the fans is that this is not 2001, and this is not 2002. Quit thinking that Golden is just going to just turn this program around, and in three years we're up here competing. The way that team was left, I was even surprised we even won these seven games. To be honest with you, I mean, I just felt that with the talent, the lack of talent that we've had, you can't just say, okay, yeah, D'Onofrio, it is part of the problem is D'Onofrio and the, co- and the defensive coaching staff. It ain't just one guy. But come on, Luther Robinson, he's like a backup everywhere else or a third stringer. Uh, who else? Curtis Porter, he's a second stringer, third string guy. You know what I mean? And we're asking you guys yeah, to say, okay, let's snap the, you know what I mean? Let's snap the finger and let's go ahead and turn it around. And we're in 2003 now, 2001. It, it doesn't work like that. Now, that's why I keep saying. Go ahead, Gary. Go ahead. You know, I keep saying it's 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 a complex problem on the defensive side of the football, but you know, I don't think you could ignore that it's a total mess right now, and and that's Al Golden's challenge. You know, you can't just keep um, his challenge here finishing year three, in my opinion. And I think the world mm-hmm. of Al Golden, I and I still one hundred percent believe too. he's gonna, he's going to be yeah he's going to be hugely successful here. I still really believe that this is a critical time for him, and I, I think that the things you got to look at is um player advancement i i don't you know i don't think we've seen a lot of improvement this year as the season has gone along um i think well, we've I seen just think that the- let me let me just finish played. then I'll let, then I'll let no, you go say go whatever. Go ahead, go ahead. Um I you know I think we've seen some issues in terms of preparation for games. Um you know I mm-hmm. think that's been been a problem. I think at times mm-hmm. there might be play call issues and scheme issues, but this is far beyond like I said last night a Mark D'Onofrio issue. Um right. and right. you know so I so I I think that you know you can't really um you know be in total denial about that, but at the same time it's a personnel issue also. And I do believe, like you said, that a lot of that results from the fact that they're not able to redshirt guys. Um, freshmen are playing as true freshmen when they should be sitting out. And then they really right. don't develop, if, if they ever develop, until their junior or senior year. So, yeah, it's just a, a vicious circle. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, Gary, that, that's cool. I just, I just, one more thing, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just, it just kind of just irks me because I feel like, yes, I do feel that defensive staff is the issue because I don't feel like, None of the players on that side of the ball are the first are our first day guys. I don't think none of them, from what I've seen, even with Perryman, I don't even think he sees a yeah. first day draft. 
Yeah, I, I don't disagree. But listen, we're, we're trying to keep this to recruiting tonight. Yeah, yeah go, um, go ahead, Gary. I'll just put yeah, so, in there. Go ahead. Um, you know, I'm going to thank you right now for calling and let you go because um, we're going to start attacking uh, the big board here. And uh, for those of you who have been waiting, um, we have now unveiled our 2014 big board. If you go on canesport.com on the front page, you'll see the link. And we've posted what we feel is a pretty darn comprehensive look at where the Miami Hurricanes stand right now in recruiting, um, who's committed, who, who that is not committed is most likely to be in this class. We've put percentages on it for you, and we hope you enjoy that. Um, so we're going to kick this off. Um, we're going to try to attack this whole big board tonight, and we're going to kick it off with the quarterbacks. Um, and obviously that involves a couple of commitments. Um, Brad Kaya from West Hills, California, and Malik Rozier from Mobile, Alabama. Um, and I'm going to go to um, the hotline right now, and I'm going to bring in Adam Gorney, who's our West Coast analyst, for Rivals.com, and Adam's going to give us all the highlights, lowlights, and everything in between on Mr. Brad Kaya and what's going on out in California. How are you doing tonight, Adam? Doing great, Gary. How are you? Uh, we're doing good. You know, we got we got a lot of wounded fans uh, down here in South Florida. The Hurricanes have lost three in a row um, by no fault of the offense, um, really, um, for the most part, but uh, really struggling on defense. But I wanted to really hone in with you here for a few minutes on Brad Kaya because um, I, I think he's one of the, the potential jewels of this recruiting class for Miami, a, a guy that James Coley has done a phenomenal job of identifying early, getting in on early, um, and getting him committed. And obviously since then, you've had USC and UCLA start making big pushes on Kaya, and there's been some speculation, particularly on the, the main board, probably by rival fans and stuff. Um, but everybody's all, always holding their breath with a quarterback from the West Coast in California who's being recruited so heavily uh, by USC and UCLA of whether he actually will show up in Miami in January as they're expecting. And um, let's start out with your thoughts on that. Yeah, that's perfectly understandable. I mean, he's a guy that, um, you know, earlier in his recruitment didn't have the local offers Miami came in early. Like you said, James Coley has done a tremendous job recruiting him, uh, you know, and I think that he really respects that from those guys. And he said it throughout his recruitment that, you know, Miami came all the way out here and gave him an offer when, when the local school didn't. And I think he's going to remember that as things go on. I think there is a little truth to him looking at UCLA and USC. I know he's taken some unofficial visits down there with teammates, but I think at this point anyway, um, that's all it is is, just kind of going to local games and, and seeing what's out there, not in terms of recruiting, just to just to have a good time. He is definitely one of the best quarterbacks, um, you know, on the west on the west coast. He's having a tremendous season again. Last year, he re- last year he really didn't get a chance to show his throwing ability because they had Terrell Newby, who is now at Nebraska, and they did a lot of running the ball. So, um, you know, maybe that's one reason a lot of schools held off on offers. But going into the camp in seven-on-seven season, he was absolutely tremendous. I would say the best quarterback in California through the spring and summer. Um, you know, he took that visit to Miami and committed. I think he really respected the jobs the, the job the coach did with him. Um, and, you know, he's still firmly committed. Now, wh- why were the West Coast schools so late getting in on him? You know, I think, I think both of them were waiting on Kyle Allen to see what he did. It was a surprise to UCLA, a big surprise that he committed to Texas A&M over them. Uh, you know, you have the Lane Kiffin factor, and who knows what was going on at USC there. 
Um, and like I said, in, in his junior season, he really didn't throw the ball much. I think he only had 12 touchdown passes uh, because they really did a tremendous amount of handing off to Terrell Newby, um, who was really the feature back and, and the feature of the offense. But, you know, once the summer came and he started going to camps um, and doing so well uh, at the Rivals camp and uh, on numerous seven-on-seven events, they started to pick up on him, get a little bit more interested, and then, you know, they saw him this season and uh, and both schools offered. He didn't jump at either of the offers. I think if he were to decommit right away, he would have um, and picked one of the schools. Of course, you know, if uh, if he continues to be recruited or if the new USC coach is someone he, who he really loves or if they really come after him very hard, I think he can rethink things maybe. But at this point, I don't think that he's even considering those schools. I think he's firmly committed, and that's kind of where it stands. Well, we're sitting here in mid-November, and I know Miami's hoping he's going to be in school in early January. So it, it's it's yeah. probably getting pretty down to the wire um, in terms of any potential defections. And there really have been no real signs of that other than people just speculating because he's from the West Coast. Um, his season statistics are, are pretty darn good. Uh, you know, he's completing 61% of his passes, 2,807 yards got 20 touchdowns and the thing that really really impressed me is with all those throws he only has four interceptions he's doing a really good job of protecting the football and um give us a little bit of a breakdown of your eyeball analysis of brad kaya as a physical quarterback yeah what i like about him is first of all he's very smart um he struggled in his first game but then has really bounced back uh for the rest of the season and it's especially impressive because he doesn't have a tremendous amount of wide receivers to throw to. His best wide receiver is a 2016 kid named Diamond Lee, who's also been offered by Miami. Um, but he doesn't have a lot of lot to work with, but he, he makes a lot happen. You know, he is definitely a guy who sits back, uh, you know, shotgun, pocket passer, scans the field very well, and then really throws the ball. It gets out of his hand very fast, great form, gets it to where it needs to be. And what really I like most about him is that he doesn't make mistakes. You know, he doesn't throw the ball where it doesn't have to go. He doesn't try to force it if it's not there. He doesn't, you know, try to force it into a window where it's not available or a receiver runs the wrong route. He's not throwing it. Um, So he's a kid who's very savvy. He's smart in the pocket. He doesn't rush things. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that moves the ball down the field without making mistakes, and that's why he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Adam, have you had a chance to see any of the JUCO kids out there in California, or are you pretty no. much focused on that? Yeah, yeah, no JUCOs, just just high school kids. Okay, so yeah, I won't ask you about Michael Weish um, or Eric Lauderdale, a couple other um, California JUCO kids. Miami's looking at. Um, so Adam, thank you know, thank you so much for joining us tonight and giving us that insight on Brad, and uh, it'll be interesting here the next five weeks to see if Miami can hold on to him. Great, thanks, Gary. All right, Adam, thank you. That's Adam Gorney, West Coast analyst for Rivals.com, joining us on Kane Sport Live. And um, we're going to get back to your calls in a minute, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Just want to finish my thoughts on the quarterback position on the big board. Um, the other quarterback is Malik Rozier, um, a kid who's also a baseball player. So if Miami's sweating anything out there, it's projections that he could go relatively high, um, in the baseball draft next summer. But right now, all plans are for him to be at Miami next fall as a quarterback. He's going to be a little bit behind if Kaya shows up in January to compete with um, Kevin Olsen and Ryan Williams and Gray Crow 
in spring practice. But Malik Rozier is a real smart kid. Uh, his coaches rave about his football IQ. Um, he's athletic, and um, he was he was a good second quarterback in this class. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if, uh, assuming he does show up at Miami, how his career continues to develop as a quarterback. Um, but right now, the guy that figures more prominently in the Miami team on an immediate basis could potentially be Brad Kaya um, if he is able to follow through and get in school in January, which we believe is the plan. All right, we're going to go back to the phone lines now, and um, we're going to go out to the 813, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing good, Gary. Hey, Who's um, this? Uh, this is Andre. Uh, hey, what's hey, up, Andre? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Hey, um, I, I I like the show. You got a pretty good show, Gary. Thank you, sir. Um, <laughs> um on on the quarterback from uh, uh, California, uh, my thing is, you know, uh, pretty much the ACC they need mobile quarterbacks that could do it all. You know, to me, it seems like they he need to be a little mobile, a good arm, but it seems like he need to be mobile. I mean, is he a mobile quarterback that can come in and, and be a mobile quarterback that move the ball? If he able to, if he get in a uh, situation where he got to run the ball down the field, and uh, that's one thing I need, I want to know. Um, yeah, I mean, he's no. got decent footwork. You know, I mean, I would put him probably uh, just from what I've seen. I would say he's comparable to Stephen Morris. You know, probably a little bit, a little bit more athletic than Ryan Williams. Um, but you know he's adequate in that regard. Okay. Um, and I, I remember you were talking about uh, a couple of weeks back that Bo Scarborough. Bo Scarborough. Yeah. Uh, has Miami offered him, or Joe? Um, uh, what? Uh, um, uh, Mixon? Have Miami offered him guys? No, Mixon's not in the picture for Miami. Um, oh, they have absolutely offered Scarborough. They've offered the franchise to Scarborough. No, just kidding. Okay. But, um, but, both, but both Scarborough, to my eyes, is exactly what the doctor orders for this program. Um, you know, you've got Duke Johnson back for two more years. You've got Joseph Yearby and Brandon Powell coming in uh, next year as sort of the smaller type of running backs. And both Scarborough, he's a big, bad boy. And um, to me, that would be the perfect complement to, to the little speedbacks they have, and it's exactly what this program needs. Keep your fingers crossed. It's going to be tough. He's an Alabama commitment right now. We, you know, if you look at the big board, we're not going crazy on this one. We've only got him down as about a 15% chance right now of being a hurricane. Um, uh, uh, which, uh, you know, we're trying to keep the expectations in check there. But without question, of all the guys on the board still being recruited, if you were going to put one up at number one, to me, it's, it's Bo Scarborough. Okay. Oh. What about, um, I, I've been trying to get on your board for some reason. I'm, I, I know I've I paid for it, but for some reason I'm not getting on your board for a reason. Um, but my Call thing customer is, uh, service, one eight six six two rivals They'll help you. Okay. Uh, um, another question I have is uh, the tight end. I mean, uh, is any big names you see out there that, I know we got the guy from Georgia, uh, uh, Harrington, um, but Christopher Harrington, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you see? Uh, and another thing is Griffin. Do you see if if they could bring Griffin in? Is they gonna move him to tight end if he's able to come in? Yeah, 
That's, that's yeah, I think he was very likely. He possibly could be a tight end. Um, I think um, Lockley is another kid that could be a tight end if they they, they could they have choices there um, be, between linebacker, tight end can really do whatever they want um, with that kid coming out of Fork Union. So I, I think it's it's kind of like in a little bit of a state of flux right now. You got to see what happens with Griffin. You've already got Herndon there um, at the tight end position, and they're just kind of fishing a little bit right now. You know we. Don't, we don't know yet how the numbers are going to shake out. Uh, they really don't have room for a ton of tight ends this year. And, and there's not a lot of great ones, to be totally honest with you. And, and I think they're, they're, they prefer right now to load up on receivers. And, you know, in the Duke game last week, you saw five receivers on the field at one time. Don't be shocked, right, if, yeah. next, don't be shocked if next year you don't see Miami line up in a lot more four and, four and five receiver sets at different times um, during the season. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Let's keep me online, uh, Gear. Okay. All right. We'll leave you online. Um, thank, thank you for calling. Um, 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048. Um, let's go out to the 347, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, guys. What's going on? This is Kwame. How are you? What's shaking, Kwame? How are you doing tonight? Ready to talk a little recruiting? I am ready I'm recruiting. First, Don't start first, yelling at me about Mark D'Onofrio. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm going to leave Mark alone tonight. But just <laughs> Go ahead. What you got? Um, Tyree Brady, uh, he's 6'3". He looks like 180. It looks like they found a Herman Lane clone. Can you talk a little bit more about him? Because I see he has offers from the other schools up north, and I'm just trying to get a beat on him why they have him rated so low. He's a big receiver, um, and the big question with him has been some uncertainty about his speed. And, you know, that'll probably continue to be an uncertainty. I don't expect a lot of upward movement in the, in the rivals' rankings on Tyree Brady. Um, I'll make a note here maybe to ask Mike Farrell and Keenan about him later on in tonight's show when they join us. Um, but um, he's, he's a great kid and a, and, a, and a great prospect, and they really like him. Um, I'm sure what they, they like him as a big receiver, as most people do. And um, I think it was a good take. I really do. I, I think you've got to have some big receivers on your roster. You see what it's done this year for Florida State. And um, with him and Daryl Langham, that gives them a pair of, of big receivers in the class this year to go with Braxton Berrios, who's a little bit of a smaller type receiver. And then they're hoping that at the end of the month to get a commitment from Johnny Dixon. So um, yeah. he's also a little bit of a smaller receiver, and um, you get those guys. I, th- you know, I think you're in, you're in pretty darn good shape at receiver. There's always the outside chance they might take a fifth at some point, um, but I think they're trying to balance out big receivers and, and small receivers, and that's why they accepted that commitment. I'm pretty sure from Tyree Brady last week. Do you know um, what's the latest with uh, Sony Michelle? Um, is he all Georgia? Or was he just, you know, kind of kicking the ties, listening to Hood a couple of weeks ago just to pay his respects? It seems yeah, like I a lot of these high school kids kind of just, like, sniff, sniff around to see, well, maybe let me, re- let me just go over all my options. Yeah, I think you got a pretty good read on it. You know, I, I, I do. I, I think that, um, that he's just keeping in touch. I, I think barring major coaching changes up at Georgia – that Sonny Michelle will be going to Georgia. Uh, I don't think he's going to flip. Um, it, you know, if, if, if there were to be some coaching changes up there, if, if Mark Rick for some reason 
uh, ends up departing Georgia and, and that staff turns over a little bit, then I think you might see Sony Michelle jump uh, head first into the Miami camp. They will continue recruiting him right up till the end. They're not going to give up. Um, but it's not something I'm sure that they're expecting to happen. It looks like Sony Michelle um, is pretty entrenched um, with Georgia right now. I guess my last question is about uh, attrition. And can you kind of give uh, some of us um, rabid fans, I guess, kind of a precursor as to who might drop out of this class? I mean, we kind of knew for a couple of weeks because you and some other folks had been talking about Dalvin Stuckey and how his commitment wasn't as solid. But is there anybody else? I'm hearing about Cervante and LSU, and I'm like, oh, how many kids, how many schools is this kid going to commit to? And <laughs> I just want to be, I don't want to wake up February signing day and go, oh, God. Not, I don't want to have happen to me. Or, or any other Hurricane fan would happen two years ago. Let's well, see, last cycle, when we're waiting on Matthew Thomas, and all of a sudden, boom, he starts, you know, karate chopping on the screen. Well, you know, right now there's no signs that anyone's going to defect. But if you're asking me who do I think they're going to have to hold their breath on, um, I would say Demetrius Jackson is one. Um, I would say that um, Trevante Valentine is another one, and I would say the third would be Chad Thomas. I, I think everybody's coming after those guys. The best players in the class. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. The best you know, players in the class. Right, people don't give up. You know that. You know, when yeah. have you ever seen people people give up in recruiting? So, um, you know, they won't give up on those guys. And, um, you know, Miami's going to have to do a good job, you know, keeping a hold of them here down the stretch. Well, I, I, I hope so. Uh, I guess one more, I guess – Point B, I've seen some tape of this kid, the 2015 kid. I don't know if you can talk to uh, get, uh, to uh, Mike Farrell or some of the other guests later in the show about him, but I, I'm not sure if Miami has offered him or not. But this kid, uh, C.C. Jefferson, are you, you heard of him? No. This defensive end I, oh, I, from Florida? He's a, I apologize. Uh, I have not. Um, I will uh, make a note to ask Keenan about him. And, yeah, uh, C.C. Jefferson, he is uh, exactly what the doctor ordered on the straw. He's what Anthony Ticcolo should be, That's, a, uh-huh. that's, that's in my opinion. But C.C. Jefferson, if you could ask Mike Fell about him and, and where Miami stands with him just now, for, for, uh, for the time being, I would greatly, greatly appreciate that later in the show. Okay, we will. Thank you, sir. All righty. All right, Kwame, have a good night. You too. All right, let's go out to um, Captain Al. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary Furman. This is Michael Thompson. We went to elementary school together. Oh, okay. I don't remember, remember that, uh, but... In third grade, I sucked your dick on the twisty slide at recess. Remember, you jizzed all over my... Ha, 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 ha. What a character. Um, boy, you'd think that uh, you know, people would be more into talking recruiting tonight than that nonsense. All right, let's go out to the, um, the 817, where you are now live on Kane Sport <laughs> Tough act to follow, huh? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Joe. All right. We, we, we. <laughs> this guy's name is Gary. All right. We got the uh, the clown axe in uh, full force here. Let's go out to the uh, 225. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, what's going on, Gary? This is Jason. 
Hey, Jason, just trying to have a little recruiting show here. <laughs> I, I, I hear you, man. I hear you. I got a couple of questions on a couple of guys, man. Trayon Gray, is, is he – is he going to be a receiver or is he going to be a defensive back? Because you know Al tend to get some of the guys that are on the offensive side of the ball that, you know, I guess they qualify them as athletes. And so they, I guess they, they do that due diligence and say, okay, well, we'll move this guy since he's a, he's a nice athlete. He plays quarterback, but we're going to move him to defensive back, kind of like what they did with uh, Rayshon Jenkins. So, yeah, so I mean, I think – you know, I, I think they call them athletes for a reason. I think they, you know, they like to take those kids and and they'll look at them at receiver, they'll look at them at defensive back, and and you know they'll they'll wait and decide then. You know, I mean, a lot of people thought Corn Elder was going to be a receiver uh, last year uh, around this time. You know, when he actually would have been probably more like in February, but when he showed up in the in the Miami recruiting class, everybody thought he was going to be an offensive player, and then he came in and they made him a corner. <laughs> so. Yeah. You know, I, I think they like to to wait and, and and look at those guys out on the practice field, try them in a couple different spots, and see where they're best. Yeah, I think that was a bad move anyway, especially when you get Cornell and he is the the um, Mr. Football and Mr. Basketball, and he plays running back, but you move him defense back. But anyway, that's another subject. I'm going to go back to the defensive backs because that's what uh, what my concern is right now. Dennis Turner is he. I mean, I, I, I guess he plays a lot of receiver this year, and I'm not sure. I don't follow him that much. But I, from my understanding, he plays a lot of uh, receiver this year. And now Miami is bringing him in as a as a um, defensive back. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, that, that's an issue for a lot of people. You know, and, and we'll, you know, I know it's an issue for Keenan Codrington, who's going to be joining us on the show here pretty soon. You know, he goes out to try to evaluate Dennis Turner, and all he's seeing really is him playing receiver, and um, he doesn't really get a chance to see him play as a defensive back. But um, they did see him play as a defensive back in the Al Golden camp, and and he did a nice job, and and that's where he got his offer, and 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 why he um, is a part of this class. And um, so, but I will say this, and and I hope he's not listening right now. I I think that if it becomes a numbers game later on down the road, um, that's one guy that, 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 that might get a look, you know, in, in terms of whether he sticks in this class because um, they might, at the end of the day, be able to do better there, you know, in terms of defensive backs. And, you know, I don't know that, obviously. And, um, but, you know, everyone sees the numbers going up and up here uh, in this recruiting class. And, you know, you've got a lot of commitments and then a lot of kids still on the board that are pretty good players. So, you know, we'll hey, see what happens. But, but Dennis hey, Turner, hey, I agree with you, is one of the mysteries of the commit list. Exactly. And, and that's, that's my concern. You know, that's a small sample size. You, all right, Dennis Turner, he went to the, to the uh, camp, okay, and he played defensive back. But that's a small sample size, and, and we need defensive backs ASAP. And so we're going to go and get, I guess, some athletes, quote-unquote athletes or project players, and put them in the defensive backfield and assume that they're going to be able to – that that their play on offense is going to translate to defense, like within the next year. So that's my concern. I'm just kind of wondering why we're getting so many receivers or quarterbacks, quote unquote athletes, and we just we converting them to defensive back when you have a ton of defensive backs out there in uh, in the state of Miami. But 
we seem to go get a lot of projects. Well, I wouldn't say a lot. You know, a couple. You, it's okay to have oh. a couple of those kids a year. But, but that are versatile, you know? You're saying that it's okay to get a couple, but I'm saying when you keep getting those couple, though, Gary, you, you, you're setting yourself up for failure. I mean, we're trying to win right now, but you can't get too many projects. You, if, when you look at this list, Cortell Jenkins, project. Uh, Ryan Mays, project. Terry McRae, project. Um, Dennis Turner, project. I mean, we can keep going. That's a lot of projects. Treyon Gray, project. That's a project. And so, but I, I'm, I'm not going to hold you any longer, Gary. I just want to put that out there that, you know, it's, you know, right now it's not the time to begin too many projects. You need to go ahead and get a lot of defense. Well, not a lot. Get however many defensive backs that they're trying to get, if it's four or five or whatever it is. Go ahead and get true defensive backs as opposed to getting all these receivers and quarterbacks and trying to convert them. And now they got to learn defense, learn how to tackle and so forth. So it's just better to go ahead and get some defensive backs that, that you know, already know the position and that's already got the skill set to, to come in and contribute. But I'm going to leave you All with right. that. All right. Thank you for calling. All right. Now we're going to go to um, Mike Farrell, who's the uh, national recruiting analyst for um, Rivals.com. Mike, how are you doing tonight? Good. How are you? Oh, we're just having fun here trying to have a little recruiting show. Um, hey, um, great questions to start out with you and, and, and get your thoughts on the subject. You know, what do you think about taking kids as athletes as opposed to specific positions? I mean, and, and one of them, you know, is on the Miami commit list right now, a kid named Dennis Turner out of Fort Lauderdale Dillard. I don't know if you've been able to really watch him directly, but he's a kid who's playing receiver this year. And, but Miami is really looking at him as a defensive back from what, you know, we've seen and, and been told by his coaches. Um, what are your thoughts on schools recruiting athletes who don't really have a position? Well, you know, I mean, these guys do have a position. It's just that they're not projected at that position at the next level. But, you know, I, I, I think, you know, it's always good to have a guy that you can take who has ball skills, you know, who plays receiver, who if you don't need depth at that you know specific position or he doesn't work out there, you can flip around and say, all right, you know, we're going to teach you how to be a D-back. As long as you have good coaching, you can do that. I've seen some guys that have been, you know, quote-unquote athletes, you know, the best player on their team playing quarterback, never played another position, you know, really pan out, um, you know, at, at, a, at a completely different position that they didn't play since, since peewee football. Uh, because they were coached up well. Uh, but it is a little dangerous, you know, because you're teaching somebody to do something that they're not used to doing. Um, you know, I was listening in on that call before there, and, you know, I think, I think, you know, Al Golden is a very good talent evaluator. Um, he's also a guy, I think, that has, you know, typical of all of us up here in the Northeast, uh, a bit of a stubborn streak. And, uh, you know, he <laughs> likes the guys that he likes. You know, he... He doesn't care about rankings as well as he shouldn't. You know, I mean, honestly, you know, we, we rank, we put a lot of work into our rankings. We're very proud of our rankings, but we don't expect college coaches to say, oh, well, you know, Dennis Turner is a two-star. I'm not going to go on him. You know, they were able to work him out in camp, as you mentioned, uh, and, and there's no doubt that they were able to work him out, I assume, both sides of the ball. Uh, so they've seen enough that he can pick things up and he can, you know, he, he can handle both sides of the football. And they're comfortable with that. So I think it comes down to coaching when you do that. Now, 
the flip side of that is if you take a lot of athletes and they don't pan out, then people start to question your decision-making and your coaching. So it, it is a little risky, but I'm never against, especially when you're in Florida, taking kids that are athletic, who can play multiple positions, and who can run. And I think Miami does a good job of getting those guys. Mike, uh, Miami's coming off three straight defeats, and um, I wanted to ask you how you feel that might be impacting the program on the national recruiting scene and if it's having any effect, positive or negative. Well, let's put it this way. You know, I mean, they, when they were facing Florida State and both teams were undefeated and, you know, they had already beaten Florida, that was a tremendous opportunity for them to, I think, explode on the recruiting scene. Um, they've got disadvantages that Florida and Florida State don't have. You know, they don't have the same facilities. They don't have uh, the same fan base. Um, you know, they aren't the only game in town, whereas in Tallahassee and Gainesville, that's that's really what it, it, it's all about. Miami, there's 18,000 things to do, uh, even on a Saturday afternoon. So that was an opportunity to take it to the next step. Um, obviously, that didn't work out. The losses since, I think, have, have exposed them a little bit as a team that's not quite ready for prime time. You know, Duke Johnson bailed them out of a lot of games early. He's such a tremendous football player. And without him, they didn't really have, at least I don't get to watch too many games, but at least in, in you know, the Virginia Tech game, they didn't have the guy that could really bail them out. And, and by that, I mean the home run hitter on offense. So they need more guys like that. I don't think the losses have affected their recruiting. Um, you know, the only loss considered a bad loss is Duke because it's just Duke. Um, but Duke's pretty good this year. And they've beaten some very good football teams or, or not very good football teams. I think the ACC is a little bit top-heavy this year. But they've beaten some teams that Duke doesn't normally beat. Uh, let's put it that way. But the Florida State game was their, their opportunity, I think, to really sort of take things to the next level. But all the, all the talk next year is loaded in state. Uh, Miami's on the lips of a lot of kids, you know, as is Florida State. I think Florida's the one that, that's sort of in, in a little bit of trouble recruiting-wise right now. You know, Miami's struggling so much on defense right now, and um, I just I wanted to ask you and get your perception of how much does that affect recruiting? Um, you know, how much do kids pay attention uh, to a team struggling on a certain side of the ball, uh, to coaches under fire from the fan base, uh, things like that, and, and, and what impact does that have on their decisions? They pay attention, but I think for defensive players, they, they don't mind that at all, honestly. I mean, there's a, there's a bit of selfishness in each recruit that says, okay, you know, I'm better than these guys. And, you know, it's always a fine line. I always find it very interesting to talk to kids that are told after a visit, you're better than anybody I've got on my team at my particular position right now already. You know, you're going to come in and start in day one. And then I wonder what they turn around and tell that same player that's on their current <laughs> team, you know, all throughout the week. You know, you're the guy, you're the man, we, you know, we really need you. But I think kids look at a, a struggling defense as a challenge and, and an opportunity to play right away. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I don't think it affects recruiting that much. Now, um, before I let you go, because I know you're busy, I, I, the last thing I'll ask you about is the new rivals rankings. I know you guys have been grinding, watching film, uh, cross-checking your evaluations, adjusting things here or there where you feel – it sees fit. When are the new rankings coming out, and what type of movement might Miami fans anticipate on the guys that are on the board that are Miami commits? I think, um, you know, 
no fan base is extremely happy. You know, they always focus on the on the the one guy that might have dropped as opposed to the three guys that went up. But I think Miami fans are going to be excited. Um, there's a couple guys in particular that I'm looking at in the recruiting class that are getting, um, you know, very good bumps. Um, you know, one of them is, is adding a star. Another one is, you know, moving up well within his rankings. And, you know, I, I think Miami fans are going to be excited about this. They'll never be happy with it because no fan base is ever happy. We come out with the rankings uh, the first week of December for 2014, then the following week, uh, and I believe it's December 2nd is that Monday, and then the following week, December 9th, we come out with the 2015 numerical position rankings and Rivals 100, Rivals 250. Um, but, you know, everybody looks at the big-name guys. I think Miami's gonna be, Miami fans are going to be you know, very happy with a couple of things that are going to happen. And those will be the final rankings for this cycle, correct? Uh, no, we got one more in January. And the question I get asked all the time is Demetrius Jackson going to be a two-star? No. <laughs> That's, you know, <laughs> yeah, he's, you remember, he's earned his way out of that class, right? <laughs> yeah, this is a kid when we ranked that only played, you know, spring football. And, you know, we weren't able to evaluate him fully based on that. Now we've got a season of him, and he's been absolutely outstanding. And that one-two punch that we see with him and Chad Thomas is playing inside um, you know, that's something to get excited about. Because uh, I, I think those guys are going to play very, very well together at Miami. But, um, no, we've got one more in January after all the All-Star games. So, you know, there are guys out there. Um, you know, I think, like, Chad Thomas is obviously in the Under Armour game. I think Trevante Valentine might be in the uh, in the Army game. And, and I think Moten's in uh, the Semper Fi game. And, and on and on it goes. Uh, there's other guys. I think Casey McDermott's also uh, probably, I think he's Under, he's Armour. under Armour. So yep. there's a lot of kids, um, you know, Yearby's Under Armour as well. Um, Barrios is Under Armour as well. Wow, this is going to be really fun for you down in Orlando, or up in Orlando. So um, a lot of kids that we're going to reevaluate through all these All-Stars. And you got the playoffs coming up, so we're not going to ignore that as well. So middle of January will be the final rankings, but this one is our postseason per se. Uh, to get something out there before the All-Star Games, and then we finalize it in, in, uh, in January. Is D- Demetrius Jackson under four-star consideration, or is that too big of a jump to expect? No, no he's completely under four-star consideration. It's not too big of a jump. I'm, I'm, you know, and again, Keenan and I work on the Florida rankings together, and, and you know, he, we watch a lot of stuff, and, and we're both very, very impressed with that kid. Very, very impressed. All righty, Mike. Well, you know, we thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight, and uh, we'll catch up with you a little bit down the road here as we continue to move towards signing day. All right, and everything I told you is a secret, so no, anybody listening, just pretend you didn't hear it and pretend like it's everything's a big surprise on December 2nd. Yeah, don't go running to the main board. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'll be out there in a second. But still, you know, I, I wanted to address the Demetrius Jackson thing because, again, you know, we got hammered on that one, as you know, and, and really there was yep. nothing for us to go on, and now we've got well, yeah, so no, much. Yeah, there's no basis for – yeah, and I know, like, you know, I just said earlier, Keenan's been trying hard to get a real good evaluation on Dennis Turner, and you just can't, you know. He's nope. playing, re- he's playing, he's playing receiver. receiver. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, All right, Mike, thank you so much. You know, at once, so we, we do our best, and I appreciate your time. Thanks, Gary. All right, Mike, thank you. That's Mike Farrell, National Recruiting Editor for Rivals.com. Uh, the guy that oversees the team that does the star rankings. And good news for Miami fans. You just heard it right there. Good chance Demetrius Jackson jumps from two-star to four-star. Um, and when that happens in early December, could have a 
decent impact on the team rankings as well. So that'll be one to look forward to. Um, for those of you who've been waiting for the big board, I just want to remind you it is now posted on canesport.com, and it'd be good for you to be able to refer to it as we go along here on tonight's show. And um, we've touched some on the running back position. I'll, I'll do a quick synopsis real quick right now as we move along. Um, you know about Joseph Yearby, Brandon Powell being committed to very high speed backs, um, a little bit on the smaller side, but but um, you know more in the Duke Johnson mold. Uh, than a big back, and so now Miami's out on the market looking hard for a big back. Uh, we've talked about both Scarborough, the Alabama commitment being on the target list. Um, Leonard Fournette, we've kept him on the list. We, th- we think that's a total pipe dream. He's likely going to Alabama or LSU. Um, we've got a 15% uh, mark on Dalvin Cook right now from Miami Central. Um, a lot of scuttlebutt lately that he's looking at Florida State, even though he's committed to Florida. Um, but we still think at the end of the day, that if his brother, DeAndre Burnett, the basketball player, puts the full-court press on him and tries to get him to join him at Miami, not out of the question. And, then, and we see Miami staying on Dalvin Cook all the way up to signing day. Um, I am going to invite to join me now, if I can find him here on the board. There he is. Um, Keenan Codrington, the uh, Southeast recruiting analyst from Rivals.com, and he's going to be with us. Uh, for the next hour, and he'll help me take your phone calls and answer any questions about recruiting um, that you might have. How are you doing tonight, Keenan? I'm doing well, Gary. How are you? Doing good. Um, before we move on here and continue talking about recruits and taking calls, and you know, thank you for um, allocating the time for us tonight, uh, I wanted to sure. um, ask you from an early, uh, earlier call about Tyree Brady and um, a little bit of a surprise Miami commitment last week. But, but give us real quick your thoughts on, on Tyree Brady as, as we uh, begin to talk about the receiver position. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, he was a little bit of a surprise. I knew, I, I, I knew for a while he liked Miami. He uh, actually was um, very high on Kentucky's board early on this summer. Um, I guess some things didn't work out between Kentucky and him as far as numbers go. But um, he's, a, he's a big receiver. He's uh, kind of one of those uh, – Similar to Damari Jones, um, Jontavious Carter in that 6'3", 6'4", range uh, for Miami. And he's a guy that's having a pretty solid year. Um, You know, he's playing alongside a guy like C.J. Wharton down there at South Dade. So they're kind of a good one-two punch, but he's kind of the bigger of the receivers. And, um, you know, I think Miami's getting a guy that's, you know, played in Dade County football, so that's a good check right there versus, you know, somebody else from, you know, outside of the Tri-County area, which they may have a little more to prove. I think Brady – I think Brady's one of these guys that if you can develop him, um, I think he's going to be a good guy down the road, you know, and I think uh, Miami jumped off and he's not really a sleeper. Like I said, SEC schools wanted this kid. He just, um, you know, he kind of waited and now he found a home in Miami. And I think it's a pretty nice, nice pickup on the stretch. Now he's a big receiver and, uh, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the only thing that's been holding Tyree Brady back in terms of star rating um, might be, you know, just pure speed with all the, other sure. great receivers that there are around the country and here in Florida this year. Yeah, and that's right, Gary. And it's kind of a little bit of a production thing. And then also, you know, his junior year, he spent time in Texas. Um, you know, after he was at Homestead his sophomore year with uh, Coach Bobby McCray, and then he, he, you know, he left South Florida and go to Texas. And you know, we didn't see or hear from him. And then he got back here and was with the South Florida Express um, seven on seven team. So we got a chance to see him in the spring and the summer. And then he's put together a pretty solid year. So it was kind of 
he was kind of off the radar for a little bit. And again, I think I think that's why a lot of fans didn't really know about him, you know, last year versus this year. And um, he's like again, he's having a solid year, around 470 yards receiving. Uh, his team's in the second round of the playoffs, so. You know, he's a guy to keep an eye on, you know, his good size, you know, top end speed maybe a little bit of a question, but, uh, you know, a good possession guy, a big uh, red zone kind of target. Now, an earlier caller wanted me to ask you about a young defensive end prospect. I believe he's 2015. I, have, I haven't seen him, have not looked him up, but I wanted to see if you've heard of anything about a, a kid named C.C. C. C. Jefferson. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've, we've, we've watched C.C. Uh, on film uh, quite a bit. Um, his actually his junior year tape did not come out yet. Um, his sophomore year film is out and uh, it's pretty pretty darn impressive. I mean he's a kid that's around I think six five, two seventy ish and he's you know, he's playing Wildcat quarterback on some of his uh on some plays on film. I mean he's pretty athletic, um, he can play D N, maybe grow into a D tackle, um and he's just got a lot of a lot of athleticism and a lot of tools. Um and he's 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 a high ranking prospect um, across the board, within rivals, and, you know, and across the industry. And you know, he's I saw him this summer at the Friday Night Lights camp at Florida. He likes Florida, he likes Alabama. Um, he actually went out west to see USC and UCLA this past summer. So he's a guy that's kind of around, um, kind of all over the map a little bit. But expecting to stay in the southeast, and you know, a lot of the SC schools want him pretty bad. And you know, I'm sure schools in ACC, schools like Miami, love to keep him in state, but um, it's going to be some pretty big competition for him. All right. Um, I think that answered that one. Um, I want to talk to you about more of these specific kids, but uh, I figured let's, uh, let's take a few minutes here and, and, and squeeze in some phone calls. And um, let's start out right now out in the 770, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live with Gary and Keenan. How you doing? Hello? Hello? Yep, you're on the air. Oh, I didn't even know I was calling. Uh, oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll let this, you go. This, uh, all right, let's go. Let's try now to the 813, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing good, Gary. All right, we got somebody who knows he's calling. How can somebody be on the line and not know he's calling. <laughs> that was a, that was a little bit I, I, I of a different I, one. I called you earlier. I was asking about uh, Bo and the tight end Griffin. I wanted uh, about uh, Griffin, the, uh, the tall wide receiver out of Texas. Uh, yeah. That's why I wanted to know, do they see him being in this class? I don't, think, I don't think anybody knows. You know, this, this is a, a goofy kid. You know, he's, he's been bouncing around schools. He hasn't taken care of his academics. Um, he's, he's left two prep schools slash junior colleges and, um, keeps saying he's going to be at Miami in January, but I'll believe it when I see it. Um, but I, yeah, I think he's intending to show up, but I don't know. Like I said, we, we don't really know at this point. Um, and Bo Scarborough, who you're asking about, uh, we do believe Miami will get a visit at some point, even though he's committed to Alabama and we'll see what happens. They'll take, they'll be taking their best shot. Okay. So. Just keep me online. I like to listen to the whole show. All right, we'll yep, yeah, we'll we'll leave you on. All right, um, let's go try the uh, three four seven now. Where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing? Hey, uh, hey, Gary. This is Carmen again. I heard you had Keenan. I had to call back. Go ahead. You got him. He's all yours. How hey, you doing? Uh, how you doing, brother? Quick question for you. Um, with respect to um, with respect to uh, Johnny Dixon, uh, when is he announcing? And and how and, and do you think he's a strong Miami lean? 
Uh, you know what? That's a great question. If you if you asked me that um, probably before the season, I would have told you he is maybe probably 80%, 85%, maybe 90% to Miami. I think Gary could uh, attest to that from what he told us in person um, this summer at the Rivals 100 five-star challenge presented by Undermar. However, um, since that time, there's been a lot of changes in his um, in his approach to recruiting. He stayed pretty quiet. Um, I've communicated with him quite a bit. Um, he last came down to Miami for the barbecue in August. He brought his mom down. Um, I think everything went well. However, he hasn't been back to Miami uh, this fall at all. He's taken his official visits, four of them. Um, he has one to go if he chooses to take it. Um, he's going to announce on November 30th. Um, and I think Miami was – they were looking stronger early on. And to be honest with you, it's kind of up in the air um, where they sit right now. I think Alabama's made a strong play for him, Ohio State even. Um, NC State, I hear, is still in the mix. And they have Jacoby Brissett, a former teammate at Dwyer, who left Florida. So there's a lot of scuttlebutt about what he's doing. And, again, he's a guy that keeps things close to the vest. I talked to him last week. He was actually going to take a visit to Tennessee possibly. So, he's, again, he's a guy that's kind of all over the map. Um, I, I still think it's going to be hard for him to leave home. I think his family wants him close to home. But I think at the end of the day, it's still his decision. So it's something to keep an eye on November 30th, which is about 10 days away. He'll announce. And, um, you know, we'll see you know, We'll see what happens. If, if you've kept an eye on recruiting over the years with uh, the kids from Palm Beach Dwyer High School, um, you kind of expect the unexpected at times with those guys. <laughs> Yeah, All right. <laughs> two two more guys I want to throw at you, uh, Kingdom. Uh, what do you hear about Kenny Young and Contagious Street? Yeah, those are guys that are high up on the board. I mean, high-profile recruits um, that are out of state. That's going to be a little tough for Miami to pull. I think with Kenny Young, he had Miami in his top five, top six. Um, I don't know if much has changed. I still think LSU is likely the team to beat. Uh, one of his teammates, Malachi Dupree, has um, has LSU really high up on his board. They also like UCLA, um, both Malachi and Kenny. Um, and then as far as Contagious Street goes, I think Miami's in the picture. I think getting him to campus will help. Um, you know, but I think at the end of the day, too, it's going to be hard for him to leave uh, his backyard uh, to come to come to Miami. But it's, it's not out of the realm. I think uh, athletically he is um, kind of what Miami needs at defensive end pass rushing guy. He's a little raw, but that's a good thing. I mean, he's a guy that can get up to the quarterback but he, once he learns his technique, he'll be all right. Um, but I think he's a, you know, I think he's going to stay in the ACC, you know, look for the, you know, the schools at home, trying to keep him home. But I think if Miami, if he comes out on his visit in January, we'll see how it goes and we'll see if Miami can uh, turn the title with him. Thanks a lot, I'll, um, Hey, I'll, I'll chime in there also. Um, I've done some work on both those kids in the past week. Um, and I think what Keenan said is, is 100% spot on. Uh, there is a chance of a joint visit between with Kenny Young and Malachi Dupree, uh, the receiver. But we are not putting Malachi Dupree on the hot board right now. Uh, we don't think by any stretch of the imagination he should be considered a serious Miami recruit. I think if he says he wants to visit, they'll let him come take a look. And, and, and see you know where it goes from there. Um, but there is a, there's an outside chance that both of those kids could visit together. Uh, Contavious Street is a defensive lineman that Miami is extremely high on and is recruiting very heavily. Um, we think that there's an outside chance that that could get more serious in December and January. Thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate you. All right. Thanks no for problem. calling tonight. Um, just to finish up on the – uh, receiver position, Keenan, before we, we move on as um, we unveiled our, our hot board 
tonight, so um, I'm trying to touch on each position for everybody as they reference it um, on the website. Uh, we talked about Tyree Brady. You talked about Johnny Dixon. Um, what have you seen this season from Daryl Langham, the big receiver out of um, Santa Lucis in Palm Beach County, who was kind of like a surprise commit by Miami early? Um, from everything we've heard, Miami coaches are really high on him. What type of senior season have you seen from him? Yeah, he's an interesting uh he's an interesting prospect and in the fact that he's, you know, six five, two oh five, two ten, you know, there's some you know, there's some people that think he'll grow into a tight end quite possibly. I know when Miami started looking at him last year, you know, Brennan Carroll's when I was uh, recruiting him, Brennan Carroll was a tight ends coach last year, so I've heard other schools say they like him at tight end. Um he's I think he's having a solid year he's a guy I didn't have a chance to see in person uh, this year that I wanted to um, but I, I was able to watch his tape and um, talk to his coach, Daryl Drinkwater. I know he's pretty solid in Miami. I don't think there's any change with his recruitment. Um, and, you know, he's a guy to just keep an eye on. He's a big, you know, big physical receiver in the, you know, 6'5 range. And he's a receiver that Miami hasn't really had at that size and that, that build in quite some time. Um, you know, kind of fares against, you know, kind of fares comparably to a tight end, a, a Jimmy Graham, a guy that's pretty athletic, um, you know, maybe not as, you know, top ceiling talented is Jimmy Graham, who's a little more raw. But Langham's a good-looking prospect. He, you know, he's coming out of the Palm Beach area. Um, you know, and I think he's a guy that Miami jumped on early. They identified him last year, and I think that's a good pickup for them as long as he keeps developing into a, you know, not just a one-trick pony who's just going to be the red zone guy that threw a jump ball. You know, you'd like him to be on the field and be a possession guy and, you know, stretch the field when he can and, you know, beat smaller defensive back. So, you know, he's a guy to keep an eye on. Maybe we'll see him around the All-Star season, maybe in one of these games that are up in Palm Beach or, you know, even um, you know even some of the All-Star games that take other players from, you know, Broward and Dade. And, you know, he'll be a guy we really – I want to see him in person. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to see him. But, um, you know, he's a guy I've communicated with his coach, and he keeps me updated on his season and, you know, how he's progressing. Um, as we've talked about, Braxton Berrios, uh, another kid that's on the commit board, uh, a, a really yeah. impressive slot receiver prospect out of North Carolina. Um, we've still got Ehrman Lane on there as well, even though things have never looked good for Miami for him. Uh, he's still committed to Florida. Uh, there, there's, there's been some conjecture that he might flip off of that at some point, maybe even the Florida sure. State. Um, what, what have you been hearing lately on Ehrman Lane? Well, you know, Ehrman is uh, hes like kind of one of those guys that doesn't like the recruiting process. I know when he, he was happy to commit to Florida early so he can, you know, kind of put recruiting to the side and focus on his senior season. Um, you know, I talked to him at one of his games this fall. It was actually earlier in the season, I think around September. He told me Miami, Alabama, Florida State were still coming after him pretty hard. And you have to believe, you know, Gary, I'm sure you know this as well, that, um, you know, if Miami wanted him, uh, it would just be a matter of, you know, getting him to campus or them getting down to his school to just really put the full court press on him and Michael Barrow, uh, our family members are related. They're from Homestead. Um, you know, so it's just, I think it's a case of, you know, where does Ehrman want to play? You know, what kind of offense he sees himself, you know, does he want to get away from, you know, South Florida and play with Quincy Wilson, who's one of his close friends who's committed to Florida. And, uh, he's very close to Dalvin Cook as well. So, um, you know, it's really it's really a matter of lane where it, where is his interest versus you know where is Miami's interest in him? He's still one of the top rated receivers in the country, and he's you know from the Miami Dade County area. Um, so it's just interesting to see what he does. I, I still I think Florida State is going to probably make a big push for him. He 
he's in that mold of you know a little a little couple inches uh, shorter than uh, Calvin Benjamin. He's around six four or so with Herman, and you know he may be a guy that would flip and you know jump on the Jameis Winston effect and you know what the offense is doing in Tallahassee. But again, if Miami wanted to put the full court pressure and you know Coach Barrett can get in the home of his family and obviously he's family with. You never know what can happen. It's just really what does Ehrman uh, want to do with his, uh, at the next level, and where does he see himself fitting? Well, you know, if Johnny Dixon commits, that's four. Com- that would be four commitments on the board, um, and things mm-hmm. would be getting a little tight at the receiver position. Sure. So I agree. I don't really know where Ehrman Lane really fits right now in the picture, although I know they are still recruiting him, and there has been word that he might visit at some point. Uh, so we'll have to mm-hmm. just see what happens there. Uh, we have other guys on our board um, that – think could enter the picture if Jenny Dixon says no. One of them is sure. Eric Lauderdale. He's a Juco receiver out in California from Mission Viejo. Um, I know that's mm-hmm. not your turf and you haven't seen him, but um, you know I've heard that he's a phenomenal prospect. He's very interested in Miami. Um, he decommitted from Tennessee, and I think Miami right. could turn up turn up the heat on Eric Lauderdale if Johnny Dixon says no. Um, and another kid we're just keeping an eye on is David Njoko out of Cedar Grove, New Jersey. Um, mm-hmm. Adam Friedman's actually going to come on with us for a couple minutes and talk about um, Cortell Jenkins, but um, I spoke to him about Najoko, and, and he said, you know, not a ton going on there, um, but, but I think he's another back burner guy that if Johnny mm-hmm. Dixon says no, maybe down the road could enter the Miami picture. Um, tight end, sure. not a lot going on at tight end, Keenan. Um, there's a shortage of tight ends in the state of Florida right. this year. Miami does have a commitment from Christopher Herndon out of Norcross, Georgia. Um, I'm not sure right. if you've had a chance to see him at all. Have you? Yeah, you know what? I saw him this summer at the Florida State uh, Florida State camp, and then I also saw him um, on his TV game when they played Booker T, and he was actually kind of one of the surprises for uh, for Norcross. I know they got shut out, but he was a guy that had a couple of receptions, and, you know, he's a big athletic guy. I uh, played basketball before committing to football full-time, um, but, yeah, he's a good-looking guy. I think he's an upside, you know, kind of ceiling guy. It's kind of you know, if it's kind of interesting, Gary, too, is the fact that, you know, Clyde Walford was a basketball guy um, going into his senior, you know, his junior year and then, you know, senior year going out for football who was kind of fine for Miami. And, you know, you know the history about Jimmy Graham being a basketball guy. He certainly worked out. Um, Herndon has that athletic ability. It's just him putting it together and, you know, still developing down the road. Um Closing out the offense here, we'll, we'll, we'll hit the offensive line real quick. Um, what have yeah. you seen in, as a senior from Trevor Darling from Miami Central? Well, you know, Trevor, he's a big body. He's got really long arms, and, and he's a guy that, you know, plays the tackle position very well for Miami Central. And what he's very good um, at doing um, in his strength is or he's a run blocker, and, and he's pretty darn good at that. You know, he's not asked to pass block a whole lot in that offense when you got guys like Joseph Yerby and Dalvin Cook. You really just need to get in somebody's way. But he doesn't do that. He he finishes his blocks. He gets his arms out. Um, once he extends, it's really hard for guys to, um, to come off of him. He's just a big, wide body. Um, you know, he plays a lot of tackle. I'm not so sure he couldn't be a guard at the next level um, just because of his girth and, you know, his ability. Um, he could maybe slide down inside if needed, just depending on where Miami needs him. Um, depending on how you know how quick he is for the next level with you know speed rushers and things like that. Again, he's so big in high school. He's so dominant in the fact that he's bigger than a lot of people, and he doesn't have to do a whole lot. I mean, Yerby and Cook, 
don't need much room to make everything happen, but he's very good as a run blocker, as a physical guy. He just still needs to develop his uh, pass blocking skills a little bit. Um, Casey McDermott out of Palm Beach Central, um, everybody knows what a great prospect he is, and he certainly has not disappointed as a senior. But a guy that we don't know a ton about, what would you say? I said not at all. He hasn't disappointed. Yeah. You know, they got uh, uh, Palm Beach Central won their first round of their playoff game, and then the second round. And I know when I talked to Casey um, at his Under Armour uh, All-American jersey uh, ceremony, he was, you know, he's working really hard to get this team to the state, uh, state championships, and I think he's doing that. And he has the clay you want in the tackle, and he's long, he's tall, uh, he's athletic, he knows the position. His brothers have played at the highest level. I think he's, he's you know, he's as close as thing as a surefire can't miss at the tackle spot. And um, you know, he, every time we see him, he, he always got he always got better this spring and in the senior season. He's he's not disappointing at all. And in so I will be shocked to see next year through freshman. But a guy that a lot of people don't know about, hey, I'm sorry, Gary, can you hear me okay? I think the phone is cutting in and out. Uh, hello? All right, I think we're back. Sorry about that, everybody. Everything just went dead <laughs> on our console, so um, hopefully we, uh, everyone's back with us and back on the air. I'm going to try to bring um, Keenan Codrington back in right now. Keenan, you still there with us? Yeah, I'm here, Gary. Can you hear me okay? All right, good. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. We were talking, and all of a sudden everything just went dark. <laughs> uh, bizarre. Um, but zero, I guess, dark uh, zero Dark Wednesday. Yeah, I'm sorry. Zero Dark Wednesday. So, um I guess we were talk, getting ready to talk about Riley Gibbons a, a little bit, and um, you know, give me your thoughts on Riley. Yeah, well, I like Riley. He's a guy that I kind of uh, noticed when he was a sophomore. He was playing a lot of tight end, uh, and since then he's actually developed into a pretty good tackle. I think um, he's a guy that may not be ready right away. Um, I still think he needs to uh, just develop a few more things about his game. But maybe, you know, two years down the road, he'll be a guy that can contribute at the tackle position, whether that's right or left. That'll kind of be up to him. But he has really good feet. You know, again, he started off as a tight end, so he's pretty pretty quick. He's pretty athletic. Um, you know, he knows how to use his body pretty well. He just needs probably get a little more physical. And that's, you know, that's something that can, you know, come with the territory. He's kind of a a little bit of a finesse guy right now, but that's that's not a bad thing either, again, because he knows his strength of using his body and his agility. And, um, you know, he's a guy that picked up a bunch of offers, decided to commit to Miami early, and he hasn't wavered. I think he really likes Coach Keto, so does his family, and I like the academic side. So uh, Gibbons will be playing at the Super Fi um, All-American game out in San Diego in January, so we'll hopefully have a chance to see him on TV um, or live stream wherever that game is going to be uh, broadcast. All right, I'm going to squeeze in a, a, a quick phone call here. Let's go out to the uh, 954 where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, how you doing, man? Who's this? This is Blake. All right, Blake, what you got for us tonight? I uh, just wondering, I mean, I don't know if you guys addressed it. I got on a little late. But, um, like, the, the the kicking situation with that punter, and, and then if you want to address that, if there's anybody, you know, kind of, you would think Florida would produce punters with all the, you know, different type of athletes, soccer players and whatnot. 
I don't know what your take on that is. If well, you guys know from what we or... could see. Here, from what we could see, Miami is not going to offer a scholarship this year to a punter. We don't know of any that they're recruiting. Um, right now, I think you're looking at the punter for next year being a walk-on by the name of Austin Barnhart. He's, um, he's on the team right now. He's been kicking pretty well in practice. And I think that that's who they're going to earmark right now to be the punter next year. Yeah, All right. Uh, I'll, I'll, ch- I'll chime in, too, on, this, on the field goal kicking or place kicking duties. Um, I know uh, UM was actually at university school um, about two weeks ago, and they were actually watching practices right before they played Virginia Tech. And um, they were kind of and they were evaluating a few guys. Though I know one of the guys they were looking at was one of the specialists, um, Michael Duraco, who's committed to Tulane. So I know um, Duraco is a good kicker. I've seen him twice this year. I think he wants to stay home. So it'll be interesting to see if Miami has a scholarship um, available for him, or if they choose to bring him in as a as a walk-on, maybe it's a guy that can earn a scholarship down the road. So that's a name maybe to keep an eye on, maybe to remember. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how comfortable he is with Tulane. But I know Miami, well, that is practice. I know they like him, so we'll see what happens with him. I appreciate All right. that. Do you have and anything else tonight? I, yeah, just one more question. I know that everyone loves to talk about, you know, the, the Booker T situation with Treon Harris and, you know, we got all the guys committed from there. You know, there's a couple guys, you know, on def- the three guys on defense, but – I mean, is it? You think it's like still like bad blood with uh, with Ice Harris, or you think he just wants his son to have a you know a shot, a fair shot, which Jimbo's telling him he's going to have. Well, yeah. um, I, you know, I'll I'll, ahead, I'll start out, Keenan, real quick. I I don't think there's bad blood anymore. I think they've patched that up, and I think the three commitments from Booker T are indicative of that. I think with Treon Harris. Um, he wants to be a quarterback, and Miami's just not recruiting him as a quarterback. So, you know, J- Jimbo's telling him he could be a quarterback. I'm not sure I see it. Um, you know, it might just be to get him in the program, but uh, which is risky business when you're talking about one of the prime schools in South Florida. Uh, but that's the way it looks right now. And, um, you know, Keenan, you agree? Yeah, I, I agree with you, Gary. Um, you know, we've had a chance. I've seen – Treon three times this person or three times in person uh, this year at quarter at quarterback and we actually have him in the athlete category right now uh, we're going to likely move him over to dual tech quarterback when the rankings come out in December that's the only position he's played um, so it's going to be hard to say to project him as a receiver as a defensive back when the kids never really played that um, you know guys make the switch all the time but I think Treon's a quarterback right now I think Coach Fisher is comfortable with him at quarterback. The fact that he can make plays when things break down, I think they like that. And obviously his height is a limitation, but it's not the end of the world for him. You know, Russell Wilson was 5'11". He played in the ACC. He's doing very well in the NFL. It's kind of, you know, he's not the, yeah, I mean, there's, the exception there's a to the rule. But, yeah, 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 that's an exception to the rule. But I think, um, you know, Florida State gave him the opportunity for quarterback first. Um, you know, and don't, don't, you know, don't get it wrong that Miami didn't want him. I mean, Coach Coley was one that, you know, help recruit those guys when he was at Florida State, so he knows them very well. He just, you know, it may not be the style of offense for him. And, uh, All right, thank you. you um, about, <laughs> about who? Malik was here. I mean, I, I mean, I've seen a little bit of film on him, but he, I, I mean, do they project him to be, you know, competing and? Or you know, I mean, I don't know much too much he's about great, him. They expect him. Great to... prospect. He's just going to be a little bit behind the eight ball, like I said earlier, because he's going to come in in the fall 
and it looks like Brad Kaya is going to come in at midterm here in January. So um, Kaya is going to have a head start on him. Uh, he's going to be competing with Ryan Williams and, and Kevin Olson for the, for the starting job next fall. Um, now, assuming Ryan Williams wins it like it looks like he will, then I think they'll be on an even playing field for the following spring. Um, and that's when Malik Rozier will get his best shot um, to compete for a starting job. All right, thanks a lot for calling us tonight. Um, want to finish up real quick, Keenan, uh, talking about the offensive line position. Um, we talked about Darling. We talked about Gibbons. Um, other guys committed. We talked about McDermott. Um, what have you seen this year from Nick Linder, the, the center prospect, uh, brother of Brandon Linder at St. Thomas Aquinas? Well, I, you know, I had a chance to see Nick, um, you know, a few times this year, and he he is he he's just steady. I mean, he's the guy that makes all the line calls for for St. Thomas. He's coached very well by uh, St. Thomas O line coach Jake Homley, who I think is probably the best in the business. Um, you know if not in Florida, but in the Southeast. Um, you know, Linder, he, he's he's a guy that can – he's played a lot of positions along the O-line, but his natural position is center. Um, and he's a guy that could come in and help out and take over when, you know, Shane McDermott leaves and, um, you know, maybe play alongside his brother. And, you know, he's a guy that's going to be – he's going to be – he's going to put the offensive line in the right position every time. And I think that's what you want from your center. And he's a smart player. He's very heady. He doesn't maybe have all the physical tools that some of the other guys – um, you know, at the center position right now in this class, but he's the guy that gets the job done very well and very effectively. Now, I think Miami would like to get one more offensive lineman in this class. It's a, it's, it's a huge, huge need. I wouldn't even be shocked mm-hmm. to see them take two more. Um, there's a couple of Wisconsin commits, and I know that you don't really necessarily follow these guys, Keenan, but yeah. um, a couple of Wisconsin commits on the board who are interested in Miami, um, Jaden Galt, and, and George Panos, um, sure. you know, we'll have to see what happens there. I, I think there's a decent chance they'll both visit. Uh, Galt is a mid-year a- a- entry kid mm-hmm. that, that, you know, Miami's looking very hard at. Another guy that we've got on the board is Chad Mavity out of Garden City, um, Nassau Community College uh, up, up in New York. Uh, you know, he, mm-hmm. he might factor in as a midterm entry. They're looking hard at these midterm entry JUCO kids who can help right away. And, and another yeah. one is Frank Ragnow out of uh, Victoria, Minnesota. He's actually a high school kid, um, but Miami is recruiting him as well. So I'm, I'm looking for possibly uh, two more uh, offensive linemen to show up in this recruiting class. I, I know they're also looking hard at Damian Prince, uh, the great mm-hmm. prospect out of Forestville, Maryland. He had a really good visit to Florida State this past weekend, and it's a stampede to try to get a commitment from him. So I don't know, sure. you know where Miami will stand, and we probably won't know and, and, until he visits. Um, but, you know, like I said, it, it looks to me like there's going to be a couple more um, offensive linemen possibly in this class. Uh, now, moving on to the defensive line, wow. I mean, you know, talk about numbers. I mean, there's so many commitments on the board now. Um, when, you, you know, you, you look at, at all the guys and the addition of Anthony Moten here in this past week, um, we're going to be joined by Adam Friedman in a minute, uh, Keenan, to talk about Cortell Jenkins. But let's touch for a second on some of these Florida kids. Um, let me start with Trevante Valentine. What have you seen from him as a senior? Um, you know, I've seen a guy that's really put together a very good senior year after transferring from uh, Palm Bay Bayside High School, where he's actually re- not only rededicating himself, you know, on the football field, but also in the classroom as well. Um, I went to his game a couple of weeks ago. It was a blowout, but he was simply a man amongst boys. Um, I mean, he he looks right now like he can come in and play right away and really be 
you know, an impact player for Miami as far as whether if he's not making a play, if he's drawing a double team, or if he's freeing up a linebacker um, to make a play to, you know, to scrape his position and, you know, get and get a play behind the line of scrimmage. He he looks very good. I mean, he's he has a chance to move up in the next ranking cycle, um, you know, and we really like his talent. We always have. There are some question marks, um, you know, off the field with his transfer. Um, obviously, what, you know, if, you know, if where he was going to go after he transferred, what high school he's going to end up in, if he was headed of the prep route. But Valentine's been very good, um, a little better than advertised um, this, this fall during his senior year. Uh, Mike Farrell spilled the beans a little bit earlier in the show. He t- he told everybody very quietly and secretly, and I'm sure nobody's you know bragging about it yet online or anything. Um, talking about Demetrius Jackson potentially jumping from two star to four star when the new uh, rivals ra- rankings come out in in early December. So that's obviously I'm sure got everybody really excited. Um, talk real quick about the combo at Booker T, Demetrius Jackson, Chad Thomas. What you've seen from them as seniors. Well, there, there's, there's no. I mean, it's exactly what you want if you're a Miami fan when you're, you're talking about this position of need, this position where you need impact players all around the board. You also need guys that are coming from great programs that know how to get the job done in high school, not just flash in the pans, you know, senior year like a guy like Jackson, but a guy like Chad who's had to wait his turn behind guys like Matt Thomas, who had kind of been the defensive stars at Booker T. And then you see him this year in their senior year. They're putting everything together. And, you know, Chad Thomas is playing defensive tackle at 6'4", 230, and he's holding up very well. Um, you like that versatility. I know the Miami coaches do as well. And then you see a guy like Jackson who's kind of a, a diamond in the rough. Here's the guy that just played spring ball, was a basketball player. Arkansas tried to jump on him early. He went to the Al Golden Summer Camp. He did well enough there. He got the offer. He committed. And he's really backed up getting that offer early and making Miami look like, you know, pretty much geniuses right now with his play on the field. So there's the question is what's not to like. You just got you hope they just keep progressing. Um, obviously, I think they're going to be hungry. I think they're going to have – they want to, you know, to prove to people that they can get Miami back on the map. And it kind of starts with them, you know. And I think that's something that they kind of take pride in. And you see it on the field, and they're comfortable playing alongside each other or playing next to each other or whether they're in the next level they're backing each other up or just pushing each other on the field. And I think that's what Miami was built upon when they had a, a lot of success in the last 30 years was the players behind you, they were better than you and they were pushing you. And you see guys like Chad and Demetrius, it's like that every Friday on the field. And, you know, Demetrius has the stats to back it up. And I think Chad will be fine with with um, maybe his production being a little down, but because it's because he's playing out of position. So you like that unselfishness. You like a guy that's going to push, push you to be the best you can be. And when you get to college, it's exactly what you want. Have you had a chance to watch Trent Harris out of Winter Park very much? Yeah, I watched his film actually recently um, as we were discussing the 2014 prospects. And, you know, he's having a very good year. Um, I, I watched him a year ago at Winter Park. I actually went to one of his games um, when he was a junior, and, and I actually saw him a bunch this spring um, at a couple. He was at the Rivals camp. I actually saw him at a Nike camp. And what, one thing I really liked about him is the way he uses his hands. He doesn't, you know, he needs to add weight to hold up to be an every down, you know, defensive end. But he's exactly what Miami needs right now as a guy that can rush the passer. And I think any one of these guys you talk about, that's what you want from them. Um, you want guys that can make plays behind the line of scrimmage, whether it's tackle for a loss or, you know, getting after the quarterback. And sometimes that doesn't mean sacking the quarterback, but 
putting pressure on them, giving them a hurry, flushing them out of the pocket to make bad decisions so your secondary or your linebackers can make plays, whether it's interception or, you know, even incompletions and get off the field on third down. So I like Trent. I like the way he uses his hands. He's a smart player, and um, I think he'll be, you know, as, as long as he keeps developing and adding the size he needs, he'll be a pretty good one for Miami. Anthony Moten, a good pickup for Miami? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, he's a guy that's versatile. He can probably play some tackle. Um, he, you know, he plays a lot of tackle now. Obviously, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I said tackle first, but he's a guy that can probably play some end if need be. Um, and he's a guy that, you know, he's up to 290 now at 6'4". So, you're, again, you really like the way um, he's put together his senior year as well. I think he has around nine sacks. He gets to play alongside uh, um, Joey, uh, Joey Bosa's little brother, Nick Bosa. And they're a good one-two combo. It's again, it's about competition and pushing um, a guy like Moten in practice. He gets to go against Linder. He's going against high-quality guys. So, um, you know, when he gets to the next level, I think there won't be a question if he'll be ready. It's just as long as he keeps developing. I like Moten a lot. He's done a lot of good things this year, and um, it's a good picker for Miami as he was committed to Florida, and they were able to beat you know, the in-state school in Florida State, who was his other finalist. Hello. All right, Keenan, a guy that um, a lot of people want to know about is Cortell Jenkins, one of the mysteries of this recruiting class. A lot of people, they consider him um, sort of like a sleeper prospect, a, a project. Um, so I thought I'd bring in one of our friends um, from up in the Northeast here to join us here for a minute, um, Adam Friedman, who's one of the Northeast analysts for Rivals.com. Um, Adam, how are you doing tonight? I've got uh, Keenan Codrington on the line with us. We're sitting here talking Miami recruiting. And um, only you could fill us in on Mr. Cortell Jenkins and what, how good of a pickup he is for the Hurricanes. Hey, well, Gary, thanks for having me. Hey, Keenan, how's it going? Uh, I like, I like Cortell Jenkins. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen him a, a lot uh, throughout his few years in uh, in North Jersey. He's he's you know transferred into DePaul Catholic uh, earlier this early before this season, really, and. Um, He's come on strong. He's he's playing offense and defense for them. Has close to 60 tackles going into their second round playoff game this year. Uh, you know this season, and uh, you know really is uh, you know has improved his game. Lost some bad weight. Uh, he's continued to have that high motor that we really liked. He's very aggressive at our rivals camp in. Uh, in North Jersey earlier this off season, he took more reps than any defensive lineman, you know, cutting guys left and right just to try and get a crack at some of the top offensive linemen we had there. And, uh, you know, that's something we like to see out of, out of, uh, out of the defensive lineman. Um, why do people consider him a project? Well, it's because he, ha- he does have a lot of the bad weight. Still, uh, he doesn't have very advanced technique. He's just a high motor guy that's going to, you know, bull rush the offensive lineman, and it's just a really physical guy. He doesn't know exactly uh, what he's doing out there. Just he, he's going 200 miles an hour, and uh, you know, just kind of needs some guidance there. A good pickup for Miami, in your opinion? Very much so. You know, you can't you can never have enough guys that have a work ethic like uh, like Cortell. Uh, he's always going to be working to improve his craft. He's uh, very coachable. He will uh, you know, understand what the coaches are trying to tell him. He'll be receptive to it. And, uh, you know, he's, he's just the guy that will work as hard as he can to improve his game and, you know, work as hard as he can to really help his teammates. A couple other New Jersey kids, Adam, that Miami's looking at, I'll ask you about before we let you go. Um, one of them, a defensive back, a safety prospect, Kai Hester. Um, what are your thoughts on Kai, and, and, and does Miami have a shot for him, in your opinion? 
Well, yeah, he is uh, Cortell Jenkins' uh, teammate up at DePaul Catholic. Uh, Kai was committed to Rutgers. He's been committed there for a long time, recently decommitted, uh, you know, early, I guess it was last week. And uh, he's out on the market again. Uh, Miami is one of the schools he's taking a look at, along with Michigan State and some others. Uh, Not a whole lot of progress right there in his recruitment since his decommitment because he is focused on the playoffs at the time being. Uh, but I would expect him to take a look at Miami. I'm not so sure about the visit, but he, he has already taken, a, or he will be taking an official visit to uh, Michigan State uh, the weekend after Thanksgiving. But outside of that, not a whole lot of progress with Kai Hester, but I do expect Miami to, to get a solid look from Kai. And only really one other New Jersey kid on our hot board right now. Kind of surprising when you you know think about the Al Golden connections back into New Jersey. Um, and that's a receiver you and I spoke about him um, earlier, David Nujoko. Um, I, I you know from what we know, Miami is recruiting him. How good of a prospect do you think he is? Well, he's a track star. I mean, he's a really athletic kid. Uh, I think he's a uh, state champion high jumper or one of the top state's top high jumpers. Uh, or also was committed to Rutgers earlier in the process and uh, decommitted slash had his scholarship pulled after he visited Penn State uh, earlier this off season or excuse me earlier this season. Uh, but it's a guy that Miami is looking at. He, he's more of a guy that. Schools are waiting on to see where some other dominoes fall before his before they offer him. So look for him to be a late addition, closer to signing day. Uh, there are some other uh, prospects up in you know the, the Mid Atlantic and Northeast that Miami is in play for. I'm not so sure how hard Miami is recruiting them, but, uh, but these these players are still uh, you know, considering Miami. Uh, just a few minutes ago, actually, Rivals 250 defensive back Drayvon Henry released his top five on Twitter. Miami did make it. It looks like they're in the fourth spot, you know, Pitt and West Virginia being his uh, top two contenders, Maryland also getting some play there, and Louisville also made his top five. Melvin Kine, the four-star linebacker out of Gilman and Baltimore, uh, also considering Miami, uh, they are in his top five. He is visiting uh, Penn State this weekend for an official visit. He's taken official visits to uh, Virginia Tech, Maryland, and Virginia. Uh, Virginia Tech looking to be the leader there, uh, as, lo- as well as you know Maryland and Virginia having a pretty solid chance with him. Uh, but th- and also, excuse me, a Raymond Minor uh, athlete out of uh, Benedictine in, in uh, Richmond. Uh, really like this prospect. Uh, he's going to get a bump in the rankings uh, coming up in December. 6'3", 220, uh, plays outside linebacker, safety, defensive end, wide receiver for a team that is pretty loaded at the skilled positions. Uh, projects as an outside linebacker and uh, you know, has, a, has a really high ceiling. Uh, you know, he doesn't know a ton about the position, but uh, he, he's a very quick learner and uh, just a playmaker out there, has a nose for the ball, really, really good hands. And he is a starting wide receiver for his team and you know, has, you know, can, can cause turnovers. He had a game-changing uh, forced fumble in, in their playoff loss last week or two weeks ago. And um, you know, just a guy that I, I'm pretty high on. All right, Adam. Well, we, you know, thank you so much for your insight here tonight. And, and uh, we'll catch up with you again as we get closer to signing day. Uh, probably after the first of the year. Okay. Thanks very much. Thank, thank you, Adam. That's Adam Friedman. He's a Northeast Mid-Atlantic recruiting analyst for Rivals.com. And um, boy, Keenan, he, he gave me some homework to do because uh, we, we have Melvin Kine well-positioned on our hard forward at linebacker. 
But uh, as of yeah. right now, we do not have Henry or Miner on there, so uh, we're going to have to do some homework here in the next couple of days and see if they are legitimate Miami recruits or not. Uh, uh, the way this right. staff recruits, they're, they're always in action. <laughs> right. Well, that's what you want. And uh, the Northeast, I mean, it's, it's Al Golden's backyard, so, you, you, you know, you can never be surprised with what, you know, what they're going to do up there. And, you know, they're going to try to get guys down south and, you know, try to build upon that as well. So, you know guy like Kai Hester is a super prospect and, you know, a guy like Nolan Kine is, uh, you know, Miami needs linebackers, so you can't, you can't never have enough and you can never go after quality uh, prospects and add quantity to your class at a position of need. Now, before I close the book on the D-line, I did want to ask you about Mike Smith. He's um, been sort of like a quiet commitment in this class sure. uh, out, of, out of Miami, as, as quiet as somebody can be who goes to Miami Northwestern. Um, what, what have you seen as a senior from Mike Smith? Well, I actually, you know, I went to his game when they actually played St. Thomas and Anthony Moten and those guys and, um, you know, and Nick, and Nick Wender. And he was probably the best uh, prospect on his team, as, and, you know, especially even on, the, you know, on either side of the ball. He's the guy that gets after the quarterback. Um, he's very – he has a high motor, kind of similar to what Adam was saying about Cortell Jenkins. He's pretty relentless with getting to the getting to the quarterback. Now, the question is, is he going to stay at defensive end at Miami or – move to linebacker on the outside or just be, you know, a situational guy like a Tyreek McCord where he's just going to rush the pass on third down situations. But I like what I've seen of Mike Smith. I think he's a very good prospect. Um, he's just kind of one of those tweeners that, um, you know, Miami needs to figure out where they're going to play him, how they're going to use him effectively. Um, but he's a guy that makes a ton of plays behind the line of scrimmage, and that's, that's, that's his game. And right now, you know, again, Miami needs guys that can, you know, disrupt and he's that type of guy that can do that and uh, he's a good teammate too Sting got down to St. Thomas you know they were down like 24-3 at halftime he was a guy trying to pick up everybody and you know didn't happen but you like those kind of guys and you know I don't think he's going anywhere in this class well Miami doesn't seem to be able to get enough defensive linemen and uh, watching the Duke game last week obviously that's uh that's understandable. Another guy that I think Miami fans should keep an eye on is uh, Trey Carter out of Dallas, Texas, Pinkston High School. He's a kid that actually reached out to Miami. Um, the numbers are kind of tight on the defensive line. Um, if Miami decides to get real serious with him, I think there's a great chance he could become a Miami commitment. So that's just one I'll throw out there for everybody. He's on the hot board, um, and they can keep an eye on, on that one. There are a few other names on the hot board. You know, Those of you that are cross-checking, just look at the percentages and you know you'll get an idea of, of what we think the chances are that they'll become hurricanes um but i want to move on with keenan here because our, t- our time is short and i want to ask you about darian owens um the linebacker defensive back um out of orange park florida um projecting as a linebacker at miami what have you seen from him as a senior well owens film is very good he he's he's one of these guys that if he's just a hitter he loves the way the wood and that's what you like about him um and i really like his size at, you know six three two twenty two twenty five i mean you know he's right now he, he's playing a lot of defense back and a lot of linebacker i think he's only going to grow um get bigger and add more weight he's a guy that i think miami fans should be very happy about i mean he's a guy that kind of flew under the radar a little bit um he had a bunch of offers but you you pop in and watch his tape I mean, he's a guy that just—he just likes—he just likes to hit, and um, I, and you know, I like that physical presence about him. I like the way he makes an impact on the field. Um, his team isn't—you know—he didn't come from the best team or you know a powerhouse program, but make no mistake about it, he's a big-time player. I think he's probably one of the. I mean, I, I'm looking at the linebacker group. He's probably 
you know, one of the guys who get very excited about if you're a Miami fan. And how about, yeah, I, I really like Darian Owens. Very, very impressed with him, just the type of young man he is, his tape, and, and I think he's going to make a quick impact at Miami. What are your thoughts on sure. Terry McRae out of Pompano Beach, Ely? What have you seen from him as a senior? Yeah, you know, Terry's having a good year. You know, Ely's in the playoffs. Uh, actually won their game, uh, I believe, last week. Um, and Terry's, again, the most impactful player on defense for, for Ely. Um, and he's a guy that can get after the quarterback. There's not a lot of tape on him, um, unfortunately. Even going back to his junior season, there's not a lot of film. But he was a guy I think finished up with, I think, 15, 16 sacks last year. And he, had, he has Ely in the second round of the playoffs. And he's nice. He has nice size. And I think Miami fans will like that about, um, you know, guys like Darian Owens, guys like Terry McCray, who are around that 6'2", and McCray is up to 225. So there's some bigger linebackers, um, you know, right now in high school that are going to obviously keep growing and getting bigger and stronger and faster. And I think that's a good thing for Miami is they've had a a few undersized guys, a a few guys that are, um, you know, maybe not the most physically imposing prospects at linebacker, um, these guys, they have that, and they have that and more. So I think you'll like guys like that, McCray and Owens. Well, I think, you know, you mentioned big linebackers, and, and, and that's a great word to use because I think what you're seeing here, and there's been so much debate over the last you know few weeks with Miami struggling on defense about this 4-3, 3-4 uh, concepts and, and, and all that, and, and you're seeing a concerted effort by – Al Golden and Mark D'Onofrio to get bigger at linebacker. And, and that's where, you know, we haven't talked about Jawan Young at Albany, Georgia, but that's where he certainly comes in. Um, you know, Darian Owens is, it will probably start out as a little bit of a tweener, but a, a kid that's a real hard hitter and, and a real physical kid, probably a, a little bit of a bigger version of Deion Bush. Um, McCray is right. a big linebacker. So, you know, they're, they're trying to get bigger um, at the linebacker position and, um, you know, that would certainly be where McCray uh, fits in. Um, I wanted to just touch real quick with you, Keenan, um, before we let you go, because I know you've got other things to do tonight. Um, J.C. Jackson, the defensive back out of Immokalee, who's committed to Florida, it's been looking a little bit like he might switch over to Miami. What are your thoughts on J.C. Jackson? Well, you know, I, I like him at the uh, at the defensive back position. He's also a guy that can play. Um, he's played with a lot of receiver this year. I mean, he's just very athletic. Um, you know, you can even – we haven't listed that defensive back. He could slide the athlete category, depending on who you ask or what schools are looking for him. I think Miami really likes him. They're really high on him. I know they've told his, uh, his dad, who I've talked to, uh, Chris Jackson, um, that they're only going to take one more D back in this class, and he is, he is who they want. And um, – I like him a lot. I think he's a guy that can maybe have an impact early. Um, I know he's committed to Florida. He's already committed to Florida State. Could he be pulled with the trifecta and commit to Miami and commit to all three? You never know. Uh, Mockley's uh, kind of they, – they have some wild card uh, type of kids when it comes to recruiting. Um, if you follow the McKenzie and McNeil-Alexander uh, recruitment last year. But J.C.'s a really athletic prospect. He's a guy that if he commits to Miami, I think Miami fans should be very happy about when you look at this list of defensive back commitments, I think uh, he would shoot to the top of the list as far as uh, quality uh, prospect right now with Nigel Bethel probably being second. And then you guys got like, you got guys like Ryan Mays and Dennis Turner who are probably, you know, two years away from being contributors or maybe even three years as redshirt junior. So uh, Jackson is, he's, he's pretty special. And uh, 
He's got his team in the second round of the playoffs and made the state finals last year, and he was a big reason uh, for that. Give us a quick review on, on Ryan Mays and Dennis Turner, a, a couple guys that I know that, um, in, especially in the case of Turner, it's been a little bit of a struggle evaluating. Uh, he's been playing receiver this year at Dillard in Fort Lauderdale, and um, you know, while being recruited as a defensive back uh, by Miami. Sure, sure. Uh, your thoughts on those two kids, Ryan Mays, Dennis Turner? You know, I had a chance to see both this year um, in person and in game action. And, um, you know, Ryan Mays is a guy who has a lot of speed. Um, you know, uh, he needs to learn how to use that speed effectively. Um, I saw him against St. Thomas. Um, it was, you know, and, and, and take, a, uh, you know, take a grain of salt. Sometimes it's hard to evaluate defensive backs because, or cornerbacks in particular because if you're very good, teams don't throw your way. Um, and there's a chance you can, you know, have to – after the fourth quarter, you have a clean jersey on it. And, and unfortunately with Ryan, uh, his team was involved in a blowout, and uh, he didn't have a big impact um, in the game I saw him. But, again, that's, that's one game. He could have been very good in the other, the other nine. So um, Ryan has a lot of speed. I like his length. Um, I still think he has, you know, some, uh, you know, a little bit of a way to go as far as being, you know, every down corner at the next level in, in the ACC at a program like Miami. Um, but he has some tools that, that you like. And then a guy like Turner, you hit the nail right on the head, Gary. Um, Miami liked him at cornerback at the camp. They offered him at cornerback. He accepted it. Um, and he's athletic enough to play corner and receiver. Um, I've seen him only at receiver this year. And he's been a pretty good receiver. He's a good down the field uh, vertical threat. Um, he can get behind the defense. But, you know, it's really hard to evaluate him at the cornerback position because only Miami has seen him there from, from their camp. So, He's a guy we may move into the athlete category, um, you know, in two weeks in the ring. He's come out just because he's, you know, didn't be Miami once in that corner, but we've only seen him at receiver. So, um, you know, keep an eye on his recruitment, too. And, you know, he may be a guy that comes out and says, I want to play receiver. He may look elsewhere. That'll open a spot for a guy like J.C., obviously, who they'll take right away, or a guy like Kai Hester or even somebody else they want to try to plug in uh, down the road. And final question for you of the night, um, Trayon Gray, Miami Carroll City, playing quarterback in high school. We've got him on the big board as an athlete. Um, what, what do you think about Trayon? Um, you know, Trayon, I like Trayon a lot. Uh, I think he's just one of these, you know, he's just one of those old school throwback kind of Miami guys. He plays, you know, he plays quarterback. He makes plays with his, with his feet. He makes plays with his legs. He wills his team to win. He's, you know, he's a teammate you want. Um, you know he's going to give you everything he, that he has on the field, whether it's a quarterback, whether Miami slides him over to a receiver, um, you name it. He can, he can do it and do it well. And um, he's just kind of one of those guys that slid under the radar a little bit because no one knew what position he was going to play. Uh, he played a little bit of receiver last year. But he's a good pickup. I mean, if you are going to take a guy that you've seen at a camp and, you know, you may, you know, you may think about developing or, you know, the term reaching for a guy like Gray is that to me, he's that guy that can he can help as far as far as uh, if you find him a home and a position, he's going to give you everything. He's a max effort type of guy, and um, and I think he's going to be pretty good depending on where he ends up. I I like him with the ball in his hands, and I think if he's going to be a receiver, he'll be just fine at that. Well, Keenan, I can't you know thank you enough for all your insight tonight. Obviously, it's been a, a really good high school football season in the state of Florida. Uh, we've got the All Star Games coming up. I know both you and I are going to be in Orlando up at um, Under Armour checking out a bunch yep. of these prospects, and uh, you know then recruiting will be heating up there in December and January. And uh, we'll do this again after the first of the year, more than likely. And um, you know, all season long, really can't thank you enough for uh, for all your insight that you've given us. 
No problem, Gary. I appreciate you guys having me on. Enjoy the rest of the uh, night, and if anything else, just uh, you know where to find me. Yes, sir. That's Keenan Codrington, the Southeast and Florida recruiting analyst for Rivals.com. We can't thank him enough. Um, you see how much time he spends looking at all these kids, watching all the game tapes and stuff, and uh, great insight he's given us tonight. All right, we've got uh, about 10, 15 minutes of show left here, and we've got some callers on the board. I'm going to try to go rapid fire through these and get to you. Um, you know, be, be direct with your questions, and I'll, I'll do the best I can to answer them. We're going to start out now in the 404, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing? Yeah, how you doing, man? Doing good. Who's this? Yeah, this is Roland, man. Hey, Roland, what you yeah. got tonight? Oh, man, I got just a couple of questions. Um, and and can, you keep, can you keep me on hold? I know the show is getting ready to end, but just two yes, questions. Yes, not a, not um, a problem. No, we got about 10, 15 um, minutes left. Okay, cool. First question is, how solid is... Uh, uh, Chad Thomas, do, we, it, it, do you think he's uh, pretty much a lock? Because uh, uh, I hope we can keep him, man. I, I really do. I know. I know. Go ahead. I'm not going to say a lock, you know, because obviously you're going to have some pretty high-profile schools continuing to come after him, uh, one of which is Alabama. Uh, but there's been no mm-hmm. indications that he's wavering on his commitment uh, in any way. And uh, right now I would consider him coming to Miami. Okay. Okay. And then I have two 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 other questions. If 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 Golden makes a move and changes, you know, uh, uh, D line coach, uh, a defensive coordinator, will he make it? He'll make it after the season, or will he make it after the signing period? How will he? How do you think he'll go about doing that? We have no idea. We don't know what he's going to do, if he's going to do anything, and if he is going to do something, when he's going to do it. We have no clue. And he's certainly not going to. And he's certainly not going to discuss it. Yeah, I understand that. And last question, I brought this up before, kid. I told you about Dylan Wilkinson in uh, uh, Douglas, Georgia, tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, we do not believe he's being recruited. Tight end is not okay. getting a, a, a huge priority he's, right now, just because some of these other positions um, are he's much easier. He's a junior. He's a rising junior. So you, by the time oh, okay. he's a senior, I think. Yeah, 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 and I think that Miami really needs to put the pressure on him. Kid is a monster, but he's a, he's a rising junior. He's, he's a kid that'll probably come on the radar in January if that's the case. You know, when the coaches okay. start okay. going around, they'll they'll start looking at those 2015 kids really closely, and uh, gotcha. you know, we might be talking about him in January. Okay, perfect, perfect. All right, well, I'm not gonna hold you up, man. You can keep me on hold. Like you I got to it. Roll the show now. Appreciate You'll it. Be on hold. Thank you. All, All right. right, let's shoot out now to the um, the two three nine, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hello, Gary. Yes, sir. Hey, it's Armando. I listen to your show every week. All right, Armando, yeah. what you got tonight? Hey, um, that kid, uh, J.C. Jackson. I'm from here um, in the area where he plays at. He's mm-hmm. actually a pretty good. Um, yes, he is. He, he's a he's a D back, but he plays receiver most of the time. And uh, he, if we can get him, um, I'm talking to his cousin. I, I don't know how, how much of a chance it is, but if we can get him with the ball in his hands, he's a really um, special player. So I just wanted to um, shoot that out. I, I think there's a very good chance, um, but I think he's more of a DB than he is an offensive player at the next level. Yeah, um, I, I, I disagree a little bit. I, I, I would hope that he plays receiver. Because mm-hmm. he is electric with the ball in his hands. Um, I got to see him play with McKenzie a lot um, last year, and you could tell the difference talent level-wise from him and McKenzie. Of course, last year he was a junior, but um, but 
at a receiver. I've seen him. We've never really had a quarterback here, but with the ball in his hands, he can create space, and um, I, and he's just a phenomenal kid. And so um, I, I think that would be a, a really, really great pickup for Miami. I had a question. Um, how much recruiting does, does Miami do here in uh, southwest Florida? Because I, I've, I've seen a lot of kids come out here. Um, it'd be pretty good, and um, it just never really seemed like Miami recruited them, like uh, Carlos Hyde out of Ohio State, uh, Brian Rowe out of Ohio State, um, Mackenzie McEnroe, um, and so how, how much do they focus down here in the south of Florida? Well, I think they're trying to focus more and more. You know, you, you keep seeing the spring scrimmages that are being brought over there to that area. And um, I think they're trying to cultivate Southwest Florida. Obviously they, they've had some misses there, um, kids that got away. Um, there's not a, a, a massive volume of prospects in Southwest Florida in relation to some other areas of the state. But I think sometimes the kids that are there are really good players. And so I think they're trying to have the best presence they can over there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of talent here every year, but Every couple of years, you might have the, you know those really great prospects, and um, sometimes they they could just be um, they could just uh, um, be um, you know just not under the radar like a Carlos Hyde seeing him come out of uh, I believe Naples. Mm-hmm. Um, he 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 was he's really made a hot state. I never thought he was going to be just kind of kind of came out of nowhere. But there's a lot of players. In yeah, the he really came out of nowhere. But um, that's yep. it. I thought want want to. I know that they do a really good job down here at the spring games or whatever. But yep. um, just thank you for your time. All right, thanks for calling. Uh, give us a call again. Um, let's go now to the um, let's go to the eight one three where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, Gary, this is Andre again from Tampa. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I did. Uh, have you heard anything about that people to tackle uh, West name? Uh, <laughs> His name is Chip Named Scale, what? Like oh, you broke is, up. Uh, his name is Chip Scale. Clint it's Scale. Like you know, yeah, he, Miami was. Re- yeah, I know who you're talking about. You're talking about um, um, Clint Scales. Um, Miami yes. was recruiting him. Um, we've taken him off the hot board. Uh, the, the reason why, um, from what we understand, he's not going to be a mid-year guy. He's he's one of those JUCOs. And okay. we don't we don't see them bringing in JUCOs that aren't mid-year entry. It, it just doesn't make as much sense. If you're going to bring in a JUCO, you want him to be able to play next year. You really need him at spring practice. And, um, you know, okay. I know they brought uh, Renfro and Gilbert in at the last minute this year, but that's really not the ideal situation. And, and I think if they're going to come in in June, you know, you'd prefer they be high school kids. So I do not think that Clint Sales is going to end up being part of this class. Okay. Okay, that was of course I had action. righty. Thanks for calling. Give us a call again another time. Let's uh go now to the um let's go to six one four where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey Gary, it's BG Kane. Great show, great big board. I really appreciate it as a subscriber. Um no just a couple questions. Um obviously um I'm a I'm kind of a, a big fan of JUCO recruiting for this year. Um I just wanted to get um some feedback. You have Claude Pallone, uh, who's originally from Homestead, as a 5%. I just wanted to see if you could see, I mean, from what I hear, I think he's higher. Uh, I just wanted to see what the reasoning was behind that 5%, if maybe just because he hasn't two made his visit yet. Two reasons, and I agree. 
I agree he would be higher, but, but I'm going to give you two reasons why we've got him at 5%. One, um, he's also not a mid-year entry, and he's a JUCO kid. And two, from um, what we know of his situation, he may not make it academically. So putting those two together, um, we've got him at 5% right now, but we didn't take him off like we did Kling Scales. So uh, we still got him up there. We, we had a story on him in the last couple of days. He's very interested in Miami. And, you know, depending on how the numbers fall, maybe that, you know, he gets more prominent in the picture. But JUCOs that can't come in in January, you know, we don't think they're going to factor in at the end of the day. Okay, and then a couple more, and I'll, I'll hang up with you, Gary. Um, little surprise, um, uh, Corey Johnson, uh, who's a Kentucky commit, didn't make it. I just wanted to see what your thoughts are. Uh, Edmund Boateng, who's a defensive end, he's out of a New Mexico junior college. And then there's this other guy, this monster from New York named Jihad Ward. Uh, he's 6'7", 285. I know Barrow's been on him. Just wanted to get your opinion, so I'll hang up and, th- uh, and listen. Um, Thank you. I don't have opinions on any of those guys. Right now, none of them are on our board, which means we have no reason to believe as we sit here today um, that they're seriously in the picture. I mean, you've got to look at the numbers on the D-line. I mean, you don't have too many spots left. Um, with all the commitments that are already there. Um, not saying they won't get in, but right now um, we do not have those guys um, in the picture. All right, um, let's shoot out now to the 973, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hello? All right, let's go to the, um, let's go to the uh, 407, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? You with us? All right. Um, getting near the end here. Let's go to the 817, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? You with us? Hello? <laughs> guys, guys, you, you got you to be on the phone. You can't um, – there's a little bit of a delay, so you, you can't try to listen on your – computer and be on the phone listen on the phone let's go now to the um the 786 where you're now live on kane sport live what up gary hello how you doing yo what's going on go ahead dex mill. who's this this, this is dex mill all right how you doing tonight uh i guess you did i guess you don't remember my post when i was commenting on your uh on your post about the uh situation going on real quick i know you're out of time hey gary a lot of the problems that you were identifying as far as what's going on now with Miami with the, uh, you know, with the pro- problems on defense, it seems like they, they haven't learned their lessons because they're taking too many risks on guys like Ryan Mays, Dennis Turner, that kid up in New Jersey, um, a couple other kids that's slipping my mind right now. I'm just kind of in a rush. But, hey, we don't have – Al Golden needs to realize he doesn't have the luxury and the time to take projects like that kid, Jake O'Donnell, like the kid out of Vero Beach. Like a couple yeah, you're not wrong, kids. man. You're, you're not wrong. I, I mean, it, it has not worked he's out. Had, he's had three years to understand he's in the big boy league now. He's always going to be judged against Florida State. He's going to be judged against Florida. He's going to be judged against, uh, I won't even say by Texas. We should be killing them. But he's going to be judged against the elite programs in the country, and he has to understand he can't think – that he can just bring players in and turn, uh, uh, you know, crap into sugar. It ain't going to work. You know what I'm saying? He needs to go. He needs to stop taking risks. I think Kyrie Brady is a, is a risk player. 
I think uh, there's another player. Damn, I've been on hold so long. There's a couple of basically what I'm saying is he's taking too many projects. Too many projects. He needs to take. I mean, it's okay uh, to take projects, but you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be right. You gotta be right and, again. And, 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 and last thing, Gary, you're right. If you're gonna take a project, right? Don't take a project like Dennis Turner, right? Whereas in his prerequisite side is just it barely makes the cut. If you're gonna take a chance on a kid like a Dennis Turner at a defensive back and he's playing receiver, make him make him be six three and running a four four or four three. Make his athletic let his athleticism be off the charts. I think Treyon Gray is a project, but his athleticism is so great being able to size his weight and his speed. It's, okay, that's not a bad recruit there because his athleticism compensates for him being a project. But when you're taking guys like Dennis Turner, listen, man, those guys, Al Golden, his defensive back coach, um, a couple of those guys on that staff, they've never had to recruit the kind of athlete that belongs at Miami. They were at Virginia and at Temple. That's it. So they don't know any better, but they better hurry up and learn fast because they won't be around. Well, I don't know if it's fair to say they don't know any better, but they they clearly have been willing the last few years you to take you don't project kids on. Gary, you said you don't know if it's fair. Look at look at the track record, Gary. Look at the three years they keep yeah. taking these projects. They keep taking these. Yeah, rings. and and you're and you're not wrong. They're they're not panning out. Not one of them has panned out. You know, Larry they Hope would be it. another one. I mean, Larry you're not you're not wrong. <laughs> But, Larry Hope is another one. So that's telling you they don't know better. I, I mean, one time, shame on them, right? Two times, shame on me. And they've been doing it over and over again. Well, it's not Temple, you know. man. Golden needs to really hurry up and realize this is not Virginia. This is not Temple. We have five national titles. We played for more national titles than any other program in the last 30 years. This is a big-time program, and the fans want it back. And that's why I told you, Gary, on your post, and I'll hang up. I told you on your post, no matter how you cut it, how you slice it, and how you dice it, it always goes back to the coaches. If the players ain't making plays on the field, because the coaches evaluate it wrong. If the players don't understand the system, the coaches evaluate it wrong. It always goes back to the coaches, because at the end of the day, the coaches make all of the decisions, period. Fair enough. I'm not sure it all goes back to the coaches, but a lot of it does. You know, you're you're not Gary, wrong in that regard. Gary, Gary, Gary. If it doesn't go back to coaches, Auburn was 0-8 last year. With the same players, one coach, one season later, they're 10-1. 10-1 in the SEC after going yeah. 0-8. It's more than, one, more than one coach, but the, the, the key guy there, well, there, were, there really were a couple key guys. The, the one key guy was Ellis Johnson, the defensive coordinator. And then the other one was Damian Craig, who who left Florida State and went there as the receivers and coach. Those are Gary, those are two great Gary, coaches. Gary, Gary, who brought those two guys in? You just named. Who brought them in? Gus Malzahn, right? Correct. Oh, great, great moves. Once again, great Gary, moves. it always goes back to the top because you make the decisions. That's all part of being a coach. Being a coach is more than X and O. It's more than than, than recruiting. It's everything. And you gotta be good at everything. No, you're not wrong. That's what it is. I'm like wrong. I just wish you would be more, more direct with your statements like that. I'm you very direct. I can you're always give honest opinions. No, you're not. Now, you have me so pissed off sometimes because you're not. You beat around the bush. <laughs> I know you have interest. I know you got to interview your guy. But man, I pay my money to be on your side. You need to tell it like it is. I, I always tell it like it is. 
Always. Okay. We don't have to agree on everything now. I'm not. I'm saying almost everything you're saying is right, but we don't have to agree on every single thing. You're exactly right, but Gary, what I just said just now, you've never said it like that on your post. You've never said it like that. You've never. I do. I mean, I, I think I'm always very honest. You might not agree with everything I say, but I'm always honest. So, all right, let me let you go for tonight. Give give us a call next Tuesday. We'll talk more. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna try to fit two more quick calls in here. Let's go to the uh, 404 where you're just live on Game Sport Live. Okay. How you doing tonight? I'm just having three of my You hear it? Hey, you with us? Or are you talking to the wife? If you're talking to the wife, you're gonna run out of time here. Five, four, three, two, one. All right. Um, final call of the night, 973. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, what's going on? I was, I was on before and I got cut off. Piggyback again on what um, this guy was calling before was saying. Guys like Jake O'Donnell, this guy like defensive end, Dwayne Agnett, you know, uh, Pope, or, or is it Hope, uh, in the defensive backfield. Um, yeah. We have a bunch of project-type kids that going going in the future, when Al Golden have his camps, he can't take chances anymore. He's got to bring guys in that can come you in know, and he's get the trying, job done. He, he's trying to find the diamonds in the rough, and and that's his philosophy. And it, It's not a bad one. The, the, the problem they're running into is they need so much help on this football team, and, and, and there's just not any margin for error. I think part of the and, problem and there have been a lot before. of errors. I think he was what he he didn't have he had any idea what the sanctions was going to bring. I think he was trying to stockpile guys, trying to get some guys just in case the the sanction was bad and we we didn't get the uh, the type of response from the recruits that we thought he was going to get. But let me ask you one last question before you uh, cut me off. Give me your honest opinion. The same thing that the guy said. You know, I know sometimes you have to be a little bit more uh, political than than others. I'm not political. Can you? I get accused of being political, but I'm not political. Give me I always honest, give my honest, honest answer. Give me an honest answer. Do you think, at the end of the day, we lost to Duke? We lost to Duke. How, how much no. of a day we didn't lose do you to, You didn't is? lose to Duke. You got annihilated by Duke. That was a, yes, if you yes. take that punt return out of the equation, that was a 25-point offense-defense shellacking with what I thought was a pretty darn good offensive day. I mean, they, yeah. James Coley had a great it's game plan. They're something. moving the ball. They have 565 yards offense. I mean, and yeah, he still got beat by 25. Yeah, I don't want to lose what I was going to say, but I want to add something. But I'm, I'm going to add this, but I want to go back and say what I was going to say with um, this. It's it's always, it, I almost feel like we're snake bitten. The guy, he gets the punt return, he scores. Touch the ball, he runs into his own guy and get a concussion. It's like we can't get out of our own way. If something no. was going to happen... And, and and again, I'm watching. This is not what I want to do, but I'm watching quarterbacks all over the country running the ball, getting hit, getting knocked down, falling, running the option. They're getting up after getting hit, after hitting hit. hit. A, a, a defensive lineman jumps on my quarterback ankle this year or Achilles, and he gets hurt. It's just it's it's funny to me. But well, I wanted to go back and, and say I want to ask you because I want you to be honest. I want you to be honest. How much of a damage? Did you think that did as far as with recruits? This, 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 this. I want you to really right, be right, honest. How, how, right how, now, how much is that going to hurt? Yeah. Right now, we're not seeing any damage. 
We're, we're, we're not. We haven't seen one bit of damage to this point. We, you know, which is which is a good thing. I mean, you know, you got to remember back when Miami did its best recruiting under Butch Davis, they were they they had a couple bad seasons in there, and then you know they were able to find some great players. So, you know, if the coaches do a good enough job recruiting, you can overcome days like Saturday. But it certainly didn't enhance the situation. And, and you know me, um, I'm the nine seven three guy. And um, I've never, I, I've been trying, I've been trying to really give um, Arkea um, a chance. And again, I know we had a pretty decent offensive showing, but again, we needed a yard, we needed two yards, and we were failing on that. Um, I don't know. At the end of the year, I don't know what grade you're going to give the offensive line, Gary, but I hope it's nowhere close to a B. You know, I'd break him a B. They've had some great moments, but they've been inconsistent. And you know, but we'll t- we'll, we'll talk C about plus. that that for next next Tuesday. We were um you know we're trying to stick to recruiting tonight and uh, yeah, I appreciate this, your time. This I, is the, I just want to. I think it's time yeah. to stay away from the projects. I think he should start bringing his camps and start bringing in some of the legit guys. Start bringing in some of the legit guys. If they can't come to camp, then we got to go get them. And we got to go out All right. and recruit them. Man. Point you point know, well so. taken and, and 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 probably a pretty good one. All right, I'm going to let you go for what, tonight. One last one. What about the the, the tight end bow? How come he hasn't touched the ball too much this year? Well, like what's what's going on with that? I think he's just number three on the depth chart, you know, and he's been playing a little bit, but they haven't thrown the ball to him very much. But we I, I think you'll, him so you'll see him get more next year. It's not like they throw the ball to Cleveland either. And yeah, but Cleveland's probably a little to... bit further along as a blocker right now. He's he's a little bit further along. Yeah, but along. when they throw the ball to Cleve, it's never anything really going down the field. It's always no, a short have... yard. He wastes they, almost You know what it is? You know, honestly, you know what it is? They haven't had enough. You're getting away from recruiting on me again, but but you know what it is? They've um they just haven't had enough plays in most games. You know, they, they've you been short of plays. Everybody. Well, because the de- well the defense has just been so poor that they've been about twenty five plays short every game. So and, and, you know, yeah, it's hard to talk about that. We're going to talk about you know you got a lot of playmakers on that team. All right, let me let you go yeah. for now. Let's talk more next Tuesday. Give us a call next Tuesday. Um, boy, I hope uh, I hope you guys got a lot out of this show tonight. Um, I, th- I thought it was a, a great snapshot look at recruiting. Again, refer to your uh, big board that's now posted on the website. We've tried to cover. Every position, you've gotten tons of insight on all these recruits. Um, got to thank our guests tonight, um, Adam Gorney, Adam Friedman, and Keenan Codrington, the regional analysts for Rivals.com. We had Mike Farrell, the national analyst for Rivals.com, join us tonight. Just a star-studded group of Rivals analysts giving you guys all kinds of insight um, from out there in the field. Uh, you, you learned that Demetrius Jackson, the defensive lineman um, from Booker T., is under consideration to go from a two-star to a four-star. Um, that would obviously be a great thing for Miami's team ranking, um, and uh, just gives you, a, uh, you know, makes you feel even better about the commitment class. Um, so things are looking okay for Miami recruiting, but still a lot of work left to do here in December and January. And um, you know, we'll continue to follow it. We'll have more of these recruiting specials before signing day, and obviously we'll be updating the big board on a daily basis. Uh, now that we've got it posted, and um, well, we'll just go from there. So um, thank you very much for joining us tonight. We'll be back next Tuesday with our regular Kane uh, Sport Live. In the meantime, hope I see everybody out at the stadium on Saturday. Um, big day for the Hurricanes. Got to get back to their winning ways. Good night, everybody.
You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.